It's time. Finally, a show for you. A once a week extravaganza, giving you the weekend's movies, the week's cons and entertainment events, what is worth watching on television for the week, the weekly comic book, novel, game, and collectible releases, as well as entertainment news and information. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture. It's Pop Culture Kaboom with your host, Jimmy Jones. And hello, world. I am your not-so-humble host, Jimmy Jones. To my left, Spencer Stoner. Hola. To my right, Rob Nolte. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. He is behind the big board and also here to take your calls. And I am uh, behind my laptop manning it to uh, take your messages on Facebook. But other than that, we're here tonight to give you... Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment, whether you consider Sunday the end of your week or the beginning of it, go into Monday, the best informed person you know, as we provide you with the latest news information and releases from television, comic books, movies, novels, novels, cons and events, toys and collectibles, and games. The Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show is also your place on the radio dial for you to talk about your favorite fandoms. This week, Tony Sanfilippo of Filippo's Horrible Reviews will be joining us to go over the movie set to be released this coming week. And our special guests, we have Nancy Ann Ritter and Christopher Enlow, two stars of the upcoming horror comedy, The Only Ones. We'll be talking with the, these two great horror film veterans about working together on The Only Ones, their upcoming individual projects that they can discuss without violating any of those pesky NDAs. The and, of our existence. Yes, they are. And uh, when we might see them in a film together again and... About Nancy Ann Ritter and Christopher Enlow's upcoming appearances. All of this and your comments and thoughts on the seven pillars of pop culture entertainment, your favorite fandoms, and everything discussed on the show. To add your voice, all you have to do is call 775 515 4141 anytime during the Pop Culture Group Radio Show. And that number is good from anywhere. And I mean anywhere in the world, as long as you have an actual phone. Oh, so, and the country code. Oh yeah, well you you got to dial your country code to get out of the uh, get into the United States at least via via phone anyway, um, or you can always send a message through the Facebook page. I have it up right now, um, like Eric is from Whittier, California. I think that last song put him to sleep though. But uh, anyway. it was doing the same to us. <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, you are always welcome to send us an email with questions and comments about anything discussed on the show, your favorite fandoms, or with the seven pillars of pop culture entertainment. To do so, all you have to do is email us at popculturegaboom at gmail dot com. Please put in the subject line, question, comment, concern, or my fandom. In the body of the email, please add your name, first name only. I will not read uh, email addresses over the phone, over the air, so, uh, so your name, the city, state, or country that you live in. Then fire away with what's on your mind. I respond to each and every email, or, or if they are for Spencer or Rob, I will forward the email to them to respond back to you. Bear in mind, it will be read on the air unless you specify for it not to be, or you can't follow those simple instructions. Uh, first up, uh, from New Jersey, Donald from Whiting, New Jersey. Uh, the new season of Rick and Morty debuts on Sunday, October 15th, yet you haven't talked... Oops, there we go. <laughs> yeah, you have. I know, bling, bling, bling everywhere. Uh, but yet, you haven't talked much about it. Um, I think. I well, did you, say you, you that mentioned it, it on, when we talk about the shows. You go, hey, it's going to be on at this time. I mean, yeah. Well, it hasn't I, come I, up yet because it hasn't debuted. So, 
No, yeah, but when the season was announced, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, we talked and we talked about it when it was announced. But you know, there's not really much to talk about until it actually starts broadcasting. Yeah, I mean, uh, they're not paying me to <laughs> sit here and promote them I, every I was week. Say, I'm like, I, I don't know if we, none of us really declared yeah, I, that we're like it's a fandom of ours. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I watch it. I, I, plan I watch it, but I don't yeah, think that we've... Yeah, Rick like... and Morty doesn't have us in their list of sponsors to make sure we talk about <laughs> right? it every week. Exactly. <laughs> if they want to pay us, yeah, I'll talk about them every week. Also, why haven't you had Justin Rowland or Dan Harmon on the show? Because um, I haven't tried to contact them, quite honestly. Um, but other than that, it would be interesting to hear what each of them had to say about the whole blow-up that ended their creative relationship. Uh, no, it wouldn't. Um, not to me, anyway, because uh, this is not the place to dish dirt on people so i was gonna they, say um dan Harmon actually just did a whole thing on it i saw it yesterday on the internet where he finally talked about his whole thing yeah well good for him yeah, and that's not really our milieu we, we talk about the the, the nerdy works of the, the people do not the personal lives i don't yeah so that's that's kind of a stickler there donald um we don't talk about personal lives and and especially in situations like that because it's just uh, I'm sure some tabloid or someplace would like to go ahead and run that, but not here. Um, Jude, Judd, J-U-D-D, Judd. 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 Judd from Long Beach, California, IA. I have to vent. Uh, why don't? Why won't those strikes blanking end? Apparently he has Tourette's because uh, <laughs> this email is littered with F-bombs. Uh, <laughs> entertainment is my escape, and it seems no, that no matter what, someone is throwing a blanking monkey wrench in it. I need my escapism. <laughs> okay. I'm with uh, you. <laughs> I, wish I wish they'd just grow a pair and get back to work. They all make too much blanking money uh, anyway. If they stopped with the blanking ridiculous amounts they spend on movies and shows and demand less money, I wouldn't have to pay as so much to enjoy my life. <laughs> you know, it does actually kind of have a point. Right. Well, I yeah, mean, well in, in that case, uh, Judd, here's what I would recommend. And this is a serious recommendation. Don't go to Hollywood for your entertainment stuff. Find local authors and and comic artists and local movie makers and try to watch their stuff. Yeah, there's yeah, a because we we just had we just got back from a from a big uh, horror film festival yesterday. Yeah. And 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 I know I'm personally uh, I'm an author that offer that that has books online for sale. Are you personally an author? I am personally an <laughs> author, and I know I would love to have people re- read my stuff. And I know I, I I know I'm not on any bestseller list, so I know I can be introduced to a lot of different people. There you go. And also a lot of other local creators could could really benefit from your attention too. And uh, he continues for blank's sake. Uh, thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did say he wanted to rant, so well, yeah, and, you know. and, and he got it out, and yeah, and then he closes with uh, "Love the show. You guys are blanking funny." Oh, good. Well, thank you. Good. Yeah, good, good, good. All right. I'm gonna now. I have a goal. I'm gonna shoot for that HBO comedy special. <laughs> All right, uh, Brian from Carson City, Nevada. Hey, how come you don't give away movie tickets anymore? Because they cost money, Brian. <laughs> That's why. I mean, and plus there really hasn't been anything worth seeing in a theater anyway. I mean, quite honestly, there's been no real big blockbuster things. I mean, uh, yeah, with, with the with the strike, you know, the uh, the heavy hitting stuff has always been has been delayed. So yeah, uh, well, Marvels is coming out on November fourth, I mm-hmm. guess. So there's there's that. Well, yeah, but how many times <laughs> has that been delayed? 
<laughs> uh, not enough. I mean, but anyway, uh, so those are the emails. That, oh, by the way, uh, thank you all for the uh, birthday uh, wishes and everything. Uh, especially thank you to Crystal for the uh, gift basket, I guess is the wow. best way to phrase it. Had all kinds of cool stuff in it, too. I had a... Uh, skull head uh, globe thing, you know, you shake it and a little black glitter <laughs> oh, cool. stuff inside it. Um, <laughs> a little uh, skull totem that did the uh, hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil, cool. which was kind of cool. Um, I almost accidentally uh, didn't see uh, the Ren and Stimpy figurines that were buried in the uh, straw <laughs> at the bottom of there. They almost got lost in, the, in there, but, but uh, I didn't. was able to rescue them. <laughs> so now they're, now they're sitting on my, uh, in my office. So, so you but, won't have the little cartoon chihuahua going from the garbage going, you idiot. Yeah. And he would have said that too. Cause, uh, yeah, he almost end, ended up in the, uh, in the garbage. If you'd like to send us an email, please feel free at popculturekaboom at gmail.com. So we do have some upcoming stuff coming up. Uh, one's really long away, one's not. So you can join me at Dreamwell Comics Saturday, October 28th from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. is when I'll be there, but they'll be doing this all day long from for a Dreamwell Comics Marvel Trick or Read event. They will have specials to celebrate from opening to closing, specials for those in costume even, even more spe- special than the normal specials that they'd be having specials for for the special. Uh huh. Special of them. <laughs> that is. And don't forget to grab yourself some of the Marvel Trick Error Read comics. I will also have something special for a little something something for those who uh, show up to Dreamo Comics while I am there from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. in costume. And so it's basically like free comic book day in October at Dreamo Comics on Saturday, October 28th. So go check it out. Yeah, mm-hmm. Every time I've gone to Dreamwell and they've had costume things like for free comic book day or something. That there have been some costumes that have never that have not failed to dis, that have not disappointed. Speaking of costumes, last night, uh, well, we'll get into that in a minute. Okay. So there are 329 days until Carson City, Nevada's first ever pop culture convention, Kaboom Con. 97 and Now Productions will be putting on Kaboom Con Saturday, September 7th, 2024. And it'll only be going on from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. But there's a ton of stuff going on. Um, a lot of behind the scenes stuff, uh, a lot of Lots of things that we'll be talk that we'll be able to talk about later in the future. Uh, everything you can do, who you will be, who will be at it, and uh, at KaboomCon twenty twenty four, we will let you know as soon as tickets will go on sale as well. And some of the proceeds from KaboomCon will benefit Cold Nose Rescue in Sanctuary and Mount House and KNBC ninety five point one FM Community Radio right here on Carson City. All right, so let's get to the Phoenix question of the week. In the spirit of Halloween and all things that go bump in the night, the Phoenix Question of the Week asks, of all the scary monsters from television, film, comic books, and novels, what unholy monstrous, monstrous nightmare fuel has haunted you the most, I guess, in your entire life? Spencer? Well, uh, the weird thing about me is that uh, my nightmares never really involve monsters of any sort I'm not talking about your monsters talking about uh scary monsters from television film oh, yeah, comic I'm, books I'm, and novels. I'm, get, I'm getting there and uh, but uh, when i was a kid i was obsessed with freddy krueger i mean i, I even I, I drew uh my teachers got concerned when they asked me to draw a halloween themed picture and i put freddy krueger in it and i almost <laughs> got in trouble for that and th- after that i was told not to not, not to do so much stuff involving freddy krueger yeah <laughs> so so uh, I, I started behaving after that, and turned and started making new monsters. <laughs> okay. So anything creepy out? Oh, well, uh, anything bother you? 
Well, not from from uh, folklore, from Japanese folklore. There's this uh, Japanese style of vampire, vampire called a yokai. And in my, in my head, I also mixed it with a Celtic monster called a penangolin. And, and in movies, they use the yokai and stuff a lot because the stretchy limbs make very interesting viewing. But uh, my brain combined the two, and that freaked me out to the point I actually made a character with the image in my head that, that I got from a dream because of that. Somebody with their neck stretched out, but their neck stretched out. It's all their entrails and all their organs keeping their head still attached to their body. Gross So stuff. nothing from film, comic books, or novels? Oh, just Freddy Krueger would be the closest. I was obsessed with or him as a kid. Or television. Okay. Yeah, from well well before I was supposed to be able to watch him at, at you know, the, the, <laughs> the rated R. I have no idea yeah. what age restriction <laughs> was. Trust me. Yeah, mine neither. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, what say you? Um, uh, well, let's see. There's nothing really that, like... I don't know. Scary movies don't scare me anymore. There's nothing really that takes it on. But like from my childhood that has changed my life entirely um, was the movie Poltergeist. Mm -hmm. Um, Basically, we, you know, like there's a lot of similarity to that movie and our growing up. Uh, we were on a. I don't. Um, do I want to ask? <laughs> <laughs> we well, let's see. They were they were built on an Indian graveyard. We were on an old orchard. So there's like there's like you know like, tomato tomato right 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 right. So I had a giant the... ass tree. Excuse my language, but I had a giant tree in the front of my yard that oh. was very ominousy. My name was Robbie at the time. <laughs> um, did after after that movie, I never went by Robbie again. <laughs> I kid you not. No, I kid you not. I was afraid because if I was still Robbie, that tree in front of my yard was going to eat me because it was in front of my window. Wow. Oh, yeah. yeah. So Poltergeist got you, yep. huh? Oh, yeah. Turned that real life tree into something. something. Okay. Oh, 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 wait. I did think of one thing. Sorry. Uh, I'll just be really quick. Child's Play. I saw that as a kid, and, and I was at the age where I had a My Buddy doll. Really? Yeah. Yeah, and... Uh, the My Buddy dolls look eerily like Chucky. So mine, that was named Brian, uh, spent about a month uh, face down in the back of my closet because I didn't want him to. Wow. <laughs> Surprised there wasn't a little bondage involved there, too. <laughs> Tie his hands behind his back, you know, <laughs> do a little hog tying. Um, all right. And what uh, about you? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, my parents started, my dad especially, started us off real early with the horror movies. I mean, I remember watching, like, uh, Humanoids from the Deep when I was, like, seven, eight. Mm-hmm. Um, all of those movies. I had a little brother, too. So that was kind of... It's hard to be scared of something when you're trying to keep your little brother from being scared. So, like, we, we saw um, Amityville Horror mm-hmm. when it first came out on video. And I don't... When did that come out? Like, 78? Something like that? Yeah. I uh, say 70s. Yeah, it would have been, like, 77, because that would have been just before Margot Robbie was... Or not Margot Robbie. What? Uh, what? <laughs> not Margot Robbie. Uh, Margot Kidder was Lois Lane in Superman, which was in, oh, which came out in 78. Okay. And, um, and you know, I grew up on Halloween, and my little brother really got freaked out by Amityville Horror with the, that pig thing that was in there. <laughs> so we... we m- my older brother and I, it was kind of our job to make sure he wasn't scared anymore. So right. we're kind of like started cracking jokes about it and everything and making fun of it. And so I, I guess that pretty much describes how, how I ended up how I am today. So yeah, making fun of everything. Yeah. So, um, but I do got a really cool story. This was a really weird experience because my grandparents lived up in Washington state. Right. Um, and they lived in a small town called uh, Bremerton, Washington. No, they didn't live in Bremerton. I'm sorry. They lived in uh, Hoquim. Or Hoquim, 
I can't remember. Anyway, uh, so this little small town, the only thing up there was like a, a wood mill or something like that. And so I was at over at a couple of cousins' house because we tra- we used to live in Florida and we traveled up there and then we ended up moving up to Vancouver, Washington for a little while. So we ended up having to stay at my grandparents for a little while um, before we can get a house or housing down in um, Vancouver, Washington. Um, Hellraiser or Jaws, really, Eric? That's kind of a... Well, the, mu- <laughs> the music to Jaws kind of... I mean, to this day, you, you okay. just go... Dun, dun. All right, Eric. So I, I, lived I, I, I okay. Jaws came out. I lived in Florida. I was not afraid to go in the water. Okay, I so went, it just wasn't. So I have a weird fear of the water because of Jaws, but it's not like I won't go into the water. But if I am sitting for a long time, stationary in the ocean or a lake, I start to freak out. Really? Hmm. Yeah. And I think like, oh my God, something's going to come and eat me. Not necessarily like Jaws, but, and it's weird because like I can have no problem if I'm swimming, if even if I'm just there like waiting, but after about five minutes of just being in the same spot, I don't know, my mind just goes bonkers. Yeah. Your fight or flight kind of starts going, hmm, is it time to go? Yep. Yep. Interesting. So, um... We're, I was over at a cousin's house watching Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they have these really creepy um, alleyways <laughs> in Hoquiam, Washington. And I had to walk through this alley to get to my grandparents' house. So after watching Freddy Krueger, I, I don't know, I was walking down this aisle. I was thinking about the arms stretched out, you know, oh, yeah. Yeah, right, yeah. down the aisle, scrapes it, right? alleyway. Yeah. And uh, so I'm thinking about that's going through my head when I'm walking. And then I get to my grandparents' house and I'm in the kitchen and I wanted to get some water to drink. And they had this, their house was weird. It had a built on garage that had an actual door that went to it. Uh, and so then they had like, uh, I guess it would be like a mud room or a canning room or mm-hmm. whatever they called it. And then a door that goes into the kitchen and the door that goes into the kitchen, kitchen had glass on it. So you can actually see out it. Okay. And I'm like. Into the mud room? Yes. That's kind of weird. But okay. It is. And it was dark <laughs> in there. And I'm like, well, that's kind of creepy. So I went over to make sure the door was shut, you know, and then I uh-huh. went back and started pouring water. All of a sudden, there was just like, boom, push up against the door. And that kind of freaked me out because <laughs> there was no reason, no explanation as to why that would have happened. I'm like, there ain't nobody out there. <laughs> what the bleep is going on? So I had to go look. So, but yeah, um, that was, that was a weird, uh, Freddy Krueger um, nightmare on Elm Street story, but I, nothing really scares me in movies. Mm-hmm. Nothing has like haunted me for, I come up with my own stuff in my own head mm-hmm. enough oh, yeah. to, yeah, I don't have to worry about it, I guess. Yeah. I I, yeah. Anything that's on TV or in movies, uh, my mom from, from my mom and dad from a very young age has basically said everything that's on television is pretends unless I tell you otherwise. Even the news, everything was <laughs> pretends. And when you have, when everything's pretends, you can't you can't be scared of anything pretend. See, we had so here's another good example. Okay. Oh, we have, oh, a, caller. We have a caller. Right okay, before, okay, we have a minute before we go to break. All right, okay, I'll caller. let him know that. All right, go ahead and put him, patch him through. Hello, caller, you're on the air. Yeah, it's Robert from Dreamwell. Hey, hey, Robert from Dreamwell. How are you? <laughs> so, what scares hey, you, Robert? <laughs> The uh, Zuni fetish doll from Trilogy of Terror. Really? <laughs> wow! Why are you guys laughing at him? That's kind of mean. Oh, oh, oh we're not we're not laughing because it's so, no, no it's, but it's just an iconic yeah. little figure. Like, it is. That little yeah. guy was terrible. <laughs> was and you can't stop him. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Wow, and it sounds like you're really traumatized by it, too. I was traumatized. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I didn't play with dolls like Spencer did. Wow. wow. Hey, in my defense, I was in the single digits and just saw Child's play for the first time. Right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> hey, you know, that thing should have been comforting, but, you know, it was the exact opposite after that movie, man. <laughs> I'm sure it was. It changed me, man. Wow, okay. <laughs> A little PTSD there with that one. All right, sir, we got to go and break up. Uh, anything else you want to add? Or? No, no, hey, thanks for the... Uh... That mention. Appreciate it. Oh, no problem. And I'll see you on the 28th, if not sooner, because we're going to pick up some comic books. (laughs) Yeah, another (laughs) by now. (laughs) All right, everybody. It is time for us to take a break, and we'll be right back after this. Uh, Yeah, action figures, not dolls. Come on. (laughs) We'll be right back after this, so don't go anywhere. More Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show coming up. Toyabi Music Chamber Music Society. Wow, I got confused all of a sudden, didn't I? We'll be perform at the Reno Modern Brass. We'll be performing at the Brewery Arts Center Performance Hall Tuesday, October 24th at 7 p.m. Good music in good spaces, no admittance charge. Uh, if you want to know more information, go to toyabimusic.org. And that is that. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom radio show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. So the SAG-AFTRA strike is now 94 days in. And if the AMPTP thought that walking away from the table would be some kind of power move on the part of the studios and streamers in its negotiations with SAG-AFTRA, the entertainment industry's union served it a reality reality check on Friday the 13th. On my birthday of all times. In a, in a move that can be best compared to struck company Disney's Marvel Studios film Avengers Endgame, the Writers Guild of America West, Writers Guild of America East, Directors Guild of America, International Alliance of Theater Stage Employees, American Federation of Musicians, Teamsters, and Hollywood Basic Crafts issued a joint statement that made their position crystal clear to AMPTP. Get back to the bargaining table. And uh, it says, uh, quote, we collectively demand the AMPTP resumes negotiations in good faith immediately, make meaningful moves at the negotiating table with SAG-AFTRA to address performers' specific needs to make the fair deal they deserve, end quote. Read a portion of the release statement. It went on to say, our members work side by side for the same handful of employers and our unions and guilds collectively stand more united than ever. Each day, a fair contract addressing actors' unique priorities is delayed in another day working professionals across our industry suffer unnecessarily. At this point, it should be clear to the studios and the AMPTP that more is needed than proposals which merely replicate the terms negotiated with other unions. Collectively demand the AMPTP resume negotiations in good faith immediately, make meaningful moves at the negotiating table with SAG-AFTRA to address performer-specific needs, and make the fair deal they deserve. 
Uh, here's a look at what the AMPTP released, including their offer to the union, uh, followed by the response from SAG-AFTRA. Negotiations between the AMPTP and SAG-AFTRA have been suspended after SAG-AFTRA presented its most recent proposal on October 11th. After meaningful conversations, it is clear the gap between the AMPTP and the SAG-AFTRA is too great and conversations are no longer moving us in a productive direction. SAG-AFTRA's current offer included what is characterized as a viewership bonus that by itself could cost more than $800 million per year, which would create an unattainable economic burden. SAG-AFTRA presented few, if any, moves on the n- numerous remaining open-ish items. Member company executives and AMPTP representatives met with SAG-AFTRA for five days over the past eight work 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 a days, work a days, work days. Uh, during that time period, AMPTP extended offers, including a first of its kind success based residual for high budget SVOD productions, the highest percentage increase in minimums in thirty five years, which would generate an additional seven hundred and seventeen million in wages and one hundred and seventy seven million in contributions to the pension and health plans during the contract term. A 58% increase in salaries for major role, guest star, performers' wages on high-budget SVOD programs. A 76% increase in high-budget SVOD foreign residuals for the four largest streaming services. Substantial increases in pension and health contribution caps ranging from 22 to 33%, which will make it easier for performers to qualify for additional periods of health coverage and earn years of service towards a pension meeting nearly all of the union's demands on casting, including guardrails around self-tapes, options for virtual and in-person auditions, and accommodations to performers with disabilities, compensation adjustments of 25% for singers who dance and dancers who sing on camera in the same session, while in whether in rehearsal or photography, representing a 30% increase over current wages, Wage increases for stunt coordinators of 10%, really the stunts guys only get 10% in the first year, and outsized increases in years two and three, and giving television stunt coordinators fixed residuals for the first time ever. Substantial improvements in relocation allowance, a 200% increase in the perform to the, if the performer is on the overnight location for six months. A relocation allowance would not be payable for every season in which the performer is on an overnight location versus a current limit of two or four seasons. Substantial increases in Schedule F money breaks on of between 11% and 41%. The 41% increase applies to one-hour television programs, which covers the largest number of productions done under the agreement. A 25% increase in span money breaks. I have no idea what that means. Covering performance capture work under the agreement, which the union has sought for 20 years. On AI protections, advance consent from the performer and background actor to create and use digital replicas. No digital replica of the performer can be used without the performer's written consent and description of the intended use in the film. Prohibition of later use of that replica unless performer specifically consents to that new use and is paid for it. 
a digital alteration that would change the nature of an actor's performance in a role is not permitted without informing the performer of the intended alteration and securing the performer's consent on common issues such as general wage increases, high-budget SVOD residuals, and viewership bonuses. The AMPTP offered the same terms that were ratified by the DGA and WGA, yet SAG-AFRA rejected these. So just so you know what's going on. Um, what's the matter with my eyes? Oh, uh, <laughs> whoops. Not reading that out loud. <laughs> uh, see, some of it does make sense, Eric. Uh, so what do you guys think? I, are, is SAG-AFTRA kind of being a little finicky, to say the least? I don't know, because I'm not sure what their additional terms were. We heard what... Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the yeah, AMTV, yeah, we heard what the what the AMT, right? Which and, and you know, it, at first it sounded like they were being unreasonable with the AI, but then they weren't. They actually are considering future uses. Um, Any changes that and, might be and then occurring. even paying for those future usage, you know what I mean? So like that seems like they were kind of addressing what to me seemed like the AI question, anyways. Yeah. Well. Um... The only thing I can think of is maybe there's a a, a loophole in there that that that, that SAG is, is worried about, or well, then or, you think or, or, or SAG would say something about it, you know? Yeah. Or, or, or of course, there, or of course, there's some some amount of money in in that number salad there that they aren't happy with somewhere. Mm-hmm. But but of course, without without SAG after releasing what they want, what 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 they want in a, in relation to what the what what the AMP AMP blah 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 put out, we don't know if they're being unreasonable or not. Okay, Eric says he has a question for me, so I'm waiting for him to finish writing it. <laughs> oh, we'll wait for you, Eric. <laughs> Dead air is bad air. But, but go ahead, Eric. Okay. Yeah, but, but, uh, <laughs> but but yeah, this go go ahead, Rob. I, it, to me, I like you know, like I said, it the AI to me seemed like that was their biggest hiccup. But oh, it seems yeah. like. I don't know. One of the things that did strike me was the 41% increase for the hour-long shows, which is the biggest chunk. So to me, maybe SAG-AFRA is worried that they're going to like go, okay, no more hour-long like shows. <laughs> yeah, so just doing like half-hour-long ones. Well, that's yeah. not their That's not their problem, though. I mean... You, you know, but I mean, but if that's where we're going to see the biggest increase, you know what I mean? Like, that's... Well, so, I don't know. That, like I said, we don't know what their terms are, but... Yeah, we that don't was know just what one Sa- of the things we, that struck out as weird to me. Yeah, we don't know what SAG-AFTRA wants in relation to what they've offered, yeah. what the other people offered. That's so. true. Yeah, and they, they haven't Come released on, that. Come on, Fran. So. Yeah, Fran. Uh, what happened if CGI character replacing actors? Um, wow, I don't. I got to go back through there. That uh, would basically, probably, well, they, AI, no, I think. no digital replica of the performer right. can be used without the performer's written consent and no, description so- of the intended use in the film. So they have to be straight up, uh, straightforward uh, with what they're doing with the digital replicas no. and what they're using them for. Yeah, and there's another gray area there. What if they make basically build an artificial person from the ground up? You know, theoretically, you could. You know, in in uh, video games, you have people who are almost photorealistic as it is now, but you know, then you had get an AI with a decent voice. You know, the, the, but the, but the, the thing is, the AI does have to be sourced from from a person at least at this point. Yeah, and so what, does what the happens, voice. Yeah, yeah. And what happens if it gets to the point where they don't? I think that might be one of the sticking points too. Well, because it's not listed on here, so yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah. We, and yeah, so I'm not going to play pro bono attorney and kind of guess. But on yeah, what yeah, but uh, 
but you know, but but having a character like that would be helpful on a lot of shows, like uh, back in the day, like Star Trek: Next Generation. If you had a CGI character like that for Data, for example, who was supposed to not be able to age, Brent Steiner, Brent Spiner could have been out of a job pretty early on. There'd be unless no he more was voicing play. it. Unless he was voicing it. <laughs> There'd be no more child actors. <laughs> Yeah, and because, there would be no well, more child actors. Well, seriously, because which, that's one of the yeah. big things, like that that you know, directors have is like, it, it worry is like, okay, we have to hire this child actor, but if he's on a series that he's supposed to stay the same age, yeah, I can't. You know, when yeah. they like hit a certain age, they they do change. Well, yeah. see, that that's kind of the problem with any uh, superhero movie, though. At this point, I mean, people age. You know, uh, the character like Captain America has been around for 50 plus years. Uh, Batman has been around for 90 plus years. The aging stuff that they're doing now. I mean, oh, my gosh. If you saw Indiana Jones, like Harrison Ford looks like just like he did. (laughs) Yeah. And then uh, and and, uh, James Cameron ran into that problem doing Terminator 2 with the kid who played John Connor. He grew six inches during production. (laughs) So, <laughs> and since they weren't filming chronologically, they you know they had to make like duck or or make him stand in a hole or you know, stuff Jeez. like that to make it so he looked like the same height. Was he drinking milk the whole time? Talk about a gross bird. Six six well, inches. He was like well, he, he was fourteen when he was like yeah. started it. So good yeah, my sister is, had a six inch voice growth. didn't change. Yeah, my sister had a six inch growth, <laughs> growth spurt just in one summer. So yeah, it's not unheard not unheard of for kids around that age to just go. Whoop. All right, so this past weekend, actually yesterday, we went to the, um, we were invited to the Carson Creepy, um, Carson Creepy Short Horror Film Competition Award Ceremony and Screening. Yeah, I know. I was having a problem with that all night last night. Why do you guys see those YouTube videos? Oh, man. I don't think you said it once correctly. <laughs> I don't know if there is a correct way to say it, but I tried. That's all that matters. That's what happens when you don't have like cue cards and stuff like that. Uh, so, but first off, I want to say uh, thank you to uh, Silver State Storytellers for yes. having us there. The Brewery Arts Center as well for being accommodating and allowing us to videotape. Um, got all kinds of good stuff. And I want to say thank you, Spencer, and thank you, Rob, uh, for helping out and uh, doing what you did last night. It, it really did help with getting everything together in a smooth as possible way. And even though you had a headache, Rob, I do appreciate especially oh, yeah, since no you had a headache. Yeah. Uh, there was 19 films out of the 30 ones mm-hmm. that were submitted that actually made it, and we got to watch um, congratulations. Oh, and they also had a costume contest. They did. So yes, they they did. did. Awesome costume contest. I did get pictures so of all of the participants. People went all out, man. Yeah, they yeah. did. So uh, congratulations to uh, uh, runner-up number three, which was Barbie and Ken. Mm-hmm. Um, and runner-up number two, which was Ghost Adventures. Yeah, mm-hmm. which the show that features neither ghosts nor adventures. Really? No, no it supposedly does. But, you know, it's Zach Baggins is kind of a douche. So, <laughs> wow, which is why they went with it, because he's a, he may be a douche, but he's an entertaining douche. OK, three times. I'm not sure we're going to get in trouble for you. <laughs> right. I... <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of like going through the uh, FCC Rolodex right now. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm pretty I... sure that's safe. <laughs> sure. I'm pretty sure that's safe. I'm pretty sure. Right. <laughs> it's like that commercial. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> well, I didn't what? stay in a Holiday Inn Express last night, so I can't be 100%. Yeah, there you go. And uh, congratulations to Laura Laundrie, who was won first place. Uh, it was Laura and uh, Elmo, as his actual name. 
Yeah, yeah, her partner in crime. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so, congratulations to all of the. Uh, we did interview about uh, what ninety five percent. Got all of them, but like one or two, I think. Uh, yeah, there was, there was like, only yeah, like, like three of those nineteen movies I did not three, okay. interview um, someone from it. So those emails will be up soon. Um, so yes, enjoy everybody. Boy, Eric's going crazy here. He's writing me novels. And what was cool yeah. is that like um, the winner of the audience award got to go um and their film is going to be screened again in another place and then the winner of best um picture from the judges is going to be screened at like four other places yeah so that's like super cool it's going to be uh cordillera international film festival is for the uh um uh, the judges choice award Mm -hmm. will be uh, aired for that as well as the uh, cordillera fright night is going to air Mm -hmm. at least uh the audience choice the director the uh, Mm -hmm. judges choice and I think the best director film too, yeah. which actually is the one and the same. Yeah, and, and and one thing that's also really cool is um, on Halloween they're going to release all the shorts on uh, the Carson City Shorts YouTube page. Mm-hmm. So you can so if you didn't have a chance to go to the to, to the film festival, you could still catch the movies, and there were some really good ones. Like, yes, there were. Yeah, my personal favorite was uh, My Willow. Mm. Ah, and they won too. Uh, what was it? Oh, yeah, they best, won best bad, bad guy. guy. Yes, bad yeah, guy. for Willow. For Willow, yeah. Which was kind of funny because I interviewed them before. Uh, I, I tried to do as, uh, all these interviews before, and then I interviewed the winners afterwards. Yep. And uh, that was her thing. Is uh, um, she uh, her favorite thing was the villain or something like right, that? Yeah. So and then mm-hmm. uh, and then she wins best villain. So <laughs> scary stuff, kid. But yeah, she anyway. she did a good job. But uh, congratulations to everybody. Eric grew 13 inches. Wow. In Ouch. 13 months. Man, your knees must have been Oof. must have been shrink wrapped by then. Jeez. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, the New York Comic Con announcements are coming fast and furious. And from Ani Press, fresh off a round of new hires and staff promotions, is adding to its portfolio of licensed comics with a stable of new titles produced in partnership with the Nacelle Company, based on the company's stable of classic toy properties, including Robofors, Biker Mice from Mars, Their Great Garlu, Sectars, and Power Lords. Hmm. Interesting combination. I, I recognize about half of those. Okay. <laughs> uh, we'll finish talking about that when we get back. Uh, more Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show coming up. If you missed any part of the show tonight, don't forget, you can always tune in to the Pop Culture Kaboom podcast by 97 to Now Productions. And it is available on your preferred podcast provider. So anywhere that you want to go Apple Music. Um, uh, Spotify, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, yeah, yeah. Uh, all of them. Uh, just check it out at in, anytime you want. So you don't have to wait till six to nine p.m. every Sunday night. Though I'd prefer you if you did. Anyway, that's the only way to get the live one. Right, yeah, that's the only, that's the only way to get it live, and you can participate in live. Or you can listen to the podcast and then send us an email. Yeah, there you go. Either way you want. Uh, but we still got more show to come. Uh, we still got our big interviews with Nancy Ann Ritter and Christopher Enlow about the Only Ones movie. Wait till you hear about this movie. I think you're going to enjoy it. And we'll be right back after this. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. 
Thank you for the picture, Eric. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll, he says, I'll send you my high school picture. It's the entire class. <laughs> <laughs> Unless let's, he's the one in front with the skirt. I don't know. Let's I pick mean. him out. <laughs> anyway, it's so. Where's Waldo? But we don't know it who is. Waldo it really Waldo is. Looks like. <laughs> well, I don't know if I can, I can match him up from the uh, um, profile picture from Facebook or not. Um, so, anyway, uh, I was talking about the New York Comic Con announcements and Oni Press. Uh, teaming up with uh, to do some um, basically licensed comic books uh, for Roboforce, Biker, Mice from Mars, and the like. Uh, most recently, it was brought it has brought those initiatives together for a new slate of animated series incorporating all of the pro- properties into the Nacelleverse, uh, slated to begin in 2024 with a Roboforce animated series and be followed in short order by a Ryan Reynolds-produced Biker Mice from Mars animated series. Hmm. Now, Ani Press is joining the collaboration, too, with new limited series for each of the Nacelle oh, yeah, vs. most call. notable properties. Uh, hello, caller. Uh, you're on the air. Good evening, gentlemen. It's Jim from Carson City. Hey, Jim hey, from hello, Carson City. Jim. Been a long time. Yes. Yeah. Well, I've had to I've had to work on Sunday evenings for last uh, last month or two. Oh, wow. Um, Ouch. So, so the reason I'm calling you guys is, I, I last time I called, I was discussing M Night Shyamalan Ding Dong's movie there, <laughs> A Knock at the Cabin. Uh, oh yeah. Yes. yes. Um, Yes, which I enjoyed, and that's one of those. I think the more I think about it, the more I liked it. Oh, oh that's so good. So I tried. So I tried the movie Old. <laughs> oh my God, that was awful. Yes, it was. That was oh wow. Yeah, there, there's I mean, very little it. middle ground with M Night Shyamalan. I mean, either Most either his either it's pretty good, awful. either it's pretty good, or it is terrible. I mean, and he has a worse tracker with that than uh, Wes Craven did. I mean, Wes Craven, he'd do like a really good movie like Scream, then he'd do People Under the Stairs, then he would do like Nightmare on Elm Street, and then he'd do <laughs> yeah, another he would, crap he was movie. Very he was all over his up and down. <laughs> yeah. so. well, M. Night Shyamalan's pretty much at the bottom level, and then occasionally <laughs> yeah. there's like one that jumps up. Yeah, so he's like a heart well, monitor, yeah. flat and his, boop. Oh. Flat. I'm sorry, but his movies are terrible. Oh yeah, especially like uh, the last Airbender movie. Ooh. Okay, so you saw old. Um, you were not impressed by it, I take it. Yeah, I liked the reveal at the end. I liked mm-hmm. when you found out what was actually going on. But every other aspect of the movie, the the characters, the actors, just oh, I just I had zero interest in any of the of them and what what happened to the characters was. Just, it was just bad. I just thought it was <laughs> funny when that one girl like, got pregnant, and then she was like giving birth within like ten seconds. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. It's just. Uh... But well, then, I, but I, then I, uh, things. But the, I noticed that the aging, uh, you know, was totally plot motivated. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, things only happened if the plot required it to happen. Like, you know, the guy getting stabbed <laughs> yeah, and the, right. or with that whatever and getting a, a, a rusty infection or whatever in his bloodstream. And then, like, yep. it didn't trigger until after she said that. Right. You know, so I was like, all right, plot motivated. Yeah. Sometimes Shyamalan thinks he's a little too clever. And I think he's yeah. a little too reliant on, what a twist. Yeah. In a lot of yeah. to his well, it was kind of amusing when that lady was breaking <laughs> all of her bones and they were healing in the funny positions. That uh, I, yeah, I, I, I have to admit, I did kind of giggle at that one. And that was like rapid healing too. I mean, yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See how so fast that healed. Position she ended up. 
So that, that was kind of goofy, if you ask me. Um, so, I, I all right. Uh, so, if you were to give it the uh, pop culture boom movie rating system uh, um, scoring, what would you uh, give? Uh, old. Oh, Touch Brown. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. That was kind of my thoughts on it when yeah. it came out too. It was Touch yeah, Brown. Yeah, that was bad. So I uh, was pretty disappointed. I had high hopes after uh, after Knock at the Cabin. Did you end up seeing that? No, not yet. Yeah, I will. He though. Still hasn't seen it. Yeah, that that was a touch brown for me when I saw the trailer. So I I can wait. I, I'm not I'm yes. not clamoring anywhere. The only the only it's movie I'm on looking Peacock. forward to, huh? It's free on Peacock. Well, there we are. I might watch it there. Uh, the only movie I'm I'm looking forward to seeing and that I'm excited to see coming up is uh, Godzilla minus one. That is the only one that I'm looking forward to seeing Ooh. coming out. Yeah, have you seen the trailers for that one yet? I have not. I'm going to look it up after this. Though. Yeah, oh, yeah definitely. Got, it's check called it Godzilla out. minus one. And uh, they've only had like a, a, I don't think they've had a full um, trailer yet. I think yeah, it was just, just teasers, a teaser think, trailer. Yeah. So, but check it out. Um, when you watch it, imagine the original Godzilla. And basically this is like a reboot slash reimagining of that. And, okay. Uh, yeah, because it's set like yeah. right after World War Two. Yep. And uh, so nice. it's it's really I I I saw this and I'm like oh this is going to be so much fun so my my little bro- my brother already knows because his birthday is uh, December twenty you know in December he is going to uh, I'm going to take him to it for his birthday so he can mm. watch it so on the big screen um, and only the yeah, problem yeah, is it's I'll only limited. He's the big Godzilla fan, right? Oh, actually, yes, he is. I think I actually won tickets to go see it with you and your brother. <laughs> One time? Oh. <laughs> yeah, didn't we Didn't we see the last one? Was it King Kong versus Godzilla? Oh, yeah, <laughs> King Kong, or Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah, we did. Yeah. That, that was fun yep. to watch in the theater, though, wasn't it? I enjoyed that. Well, yeah, all of those are, are really good. good. Yeah, except for all the plucky human parts. I mean, yeah, well, no, the first one yeah. had, uh, that was a problem there. Uh, oh, the and one, they uh, had to throw a kid in there. They, the one, the best way to ruin a movie is make it revolve around a kid. I, I remember watching I remember one. The, the I, I can't girl. remember. I can't remember if it was Gamera or if it was Godzilla. But when we were kids, man, we had a fun time with this one. It was a kaiju movie, and the kid's name was Icho. <laughs> that, that, that was not a good uh, translation there at all so i mean somebody beat me to the punch on that one but anyway well, yeah all right anyway, well, good uh good to finally catch up with you guys yes, yes. Uh, good yes. hearing yes. from you sir although you didn't say happy right, birthday yeah. to me no, that's kind of disappointing oh sorry, man. <laughs> wow what, is it today no it was friday man Oh, is it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, guilt trips are retroactive, man. He got you. He got you for two days now. Uh, yeah, uh, if he's lucky. All right. Have a good night, gentlemen. Good night. All right. Take it easy. All right. So it has been announced that Garth Enos, co-creator of Preacher, Hitman, and the Boys, famed writer of Punisher, Hellblazer, and Judge Dredd, is to be the new writer of James Bond next year. Like the novels or the movie? No, the movie. Uh, neither. The comic book. The year oh. 2023 has marked the incredible oh. 70th anniversary of Ian Fleming's historic character. 2024 will kick off Dynamite's 10th year publishing comic starring James Bond. Huh. 
With over 20 graphic novels worth of stories on the shelves, Dynamite targeted the perfect creative partner to celebrate these milestones in classy, brutal, and typical Bond style. No name fit more than one of the most celebrated and influential writers from the British Isles and a longtime Dynamite partner, Garth Ennis. Uh, when I, t- uh, he says, and I quote, when I took a look at the game, the book, the Bond of the Fleming book novels, as opposed to the larger than life figure from the movies, I saw a great deal more potential, a much darker character in a more interesting world, said writer Garth Ennis. James Bond number one will be published by Dynamite Entertainment in January of 2024. The only question remaining, at least in my mind, because it is Diamond, how many cover areas will there be? <laughs> That's the only well, question. It's an anniversary one, so it would be cool if they actually did like one from all the past, like like new iterations. Yeah, see how many bonds? Covers. How many bonds have there been now? Too many. Yeah, see Sean Connery. While you add that up, Lilo and Stitch was released by Disney in 2022. From 2022 to 20. 2006, Disney Adventures released a number of comic strip tie-ins to the franchise, including prequel comics set before the original film, which, why don't you just use Google? Oh, well, no. <laughs> oh, you got it? Yeah, I think and? so. Yeah, it's like, uh, there's been like a half a dozen. There's Sean Connery, George Lazenby, Roger Moore, uh, Timothy Dalton, Roger uh, Pierce Brosnan, and uh, Daniel Craig. And Daniel Craig. Okay. And includes prequel comics set before the original film, which included the first appearance of later major character experiment 625 backslash Ruben, Mm. as well as comics (laughs) set during the film, the TV series Lilo and Stitch, the series the sequel, Lilo and Stitch, the series, the sequel Stitch has a glitch and Leroy and Stitch, Leroy. Yes. On March 7th, 2006, Disney Press published a collection of Lilo and Stitch comic strips that were originally published from 2002 to 2005. As Comic Zone Volume 1, Disney's Lilo and Stitch in 2022, Condosa published a Stitch and the Samurai manga by Hiro Wada, known in Japan as Tono and Stitch in Japan, and published in English in 2021 by Tokyo Pop. In this reality, Stitch crash landed in Japan during the Sengoku period and gets taken in by a warlord named Misan Yomato. And now it is time for a traditional American publisher to have a go at in 2024 with everybody's favorite, Dynamite Entertainment. (laughs) (laughs) Following the events of the iconic 2022 animated film, the alien Stitch has found his place in Hawaii with his Ohana, which uh, includes his best friend Lilo, Lilo's older sister Nanny, Nani, Nani's boyfriend David, the aliens Dr. Boomba, Jimba, Jimba? Jumba, mm-hmm. and Agent Plakely, and social worker Cobra Bubbles. Cobra Bubbles? Cobra Bubbles. How do you even come up with a name like that? Well, Bubbles, doesn't that just sound intimidating? Not with, co- well, uh, okay. Uh, with bubbles. the support of his extended found family, Lilo and Stitch are learning to somewhat moderate their sometimes destructive impulses. <laughs> <laughs> somewhat destructive. This is a horror movie? Uh, did I miss something here? Somewhat destructive impulses. Okay. Uh, do you Stitch. not know Stitch? No. Uh, okay, that's why. That's why it's yeah. Stitch is a nigh, nigh, nigh indestructible little little blue fur, furry varmint that can go around. He unintentionally things. causes chaos. Yeah. 
Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Just because he's indestructible, and, he doesn't and, realize what kind what kind of damage. Chaos he can do. causes a lot of destruction. <laughs> he's an alien. I mean, would, okay. I'm not. I'm, I'm going to. I'm not yeah, going to get see, into okay. it. Okay. We'll see. They they play him off as a dog. So. Yeah, because dogs can pilot spaceships. Oh, uh, yeah, nobody else uh, around right. him has seen him pilot the pace spaceship. See, you have to watch it. Okay. I, I, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, it actually is pretty good. But with the blah blah blah, some impulses, with a new sense of responsibility, they all get to enjoy the beautiful sights, sounds, and tastes of Hawaii and the waves. This <laughs> tasty waves, bud. Uh, that is <laughs> until a new threat comes hunting for someone's favorite fuzzy blue boy. Mysterious giant robots seeking samples of Stitch's own DNA for their own nefarious purposes in a brand new journey that will take readers across the world. Will Stitch be able to protect his home and loved ones? And how can he ever be reunited with his Ohana if his presence always seems to endanger them? Well, maybe if you didn't have these violent destructive tendencies or impulses or whatever. <laughs> well, wow. Ro- Rob, ladies and gentlemen, Stitch's defense attorney. <laughs> I know. Huh? I love Stitch. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, he the was kick- the only one worthy to take over Alien Encounter. Okay. The kickoff <laughs> to this I'm historic first no. ever Lilo and Stitch comic series featured covers from four incredible, only four, four incredible artists and is set for a release sometime in 20. 24. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, Stitch. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, I, I did not realize you felt so so I... passionately about Stitch, man. <laughs> Neither Out did of I. all the modern, like Disney, like he's my favorite. Like, <laughs> well, it's understandable. <laughs> Stitch is, is cuter than a bug's butt, but yeah. <laughs> Okay, I'm yeah, not going to go. I don't know about I'm going to leave okay. that one right where, it's, right where it sits right there. All right, from the comic books being released uh, this October 18th on Wednesday. At least here, I highlight the number one issues and/or major story or anniversary issues that are being released because those are the ones that have the most value, interest to collectors and investors. Don't base your buying decisions solely on my opinion. It, after all, is only my opinion. To keep the list to a minimum. Okay, there's knowledge I didn't need. Thanks, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> well, Stitch is a huge Elvis fan. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Well, well, the funny thing is he can put his claw on a, on a record player and open his mouth, and it just works just like a speaker. And <laughs> don't base your buying decision solely on my opinion. After all, it's only my opinion. To keep the list to a minimum, I do not include in it trade paperbacks, graphic novel collections, hardcover, softcover volumes, or reprints. If you are an independent comic book company or creator and you have something coming out, please let me know by sending me an email at popculturekaboom at gmail.com. Put upcoming comics in the subject line and include in the body of the email the publisher's name, the title of the book's when the books will be coming out and the issue numbers so I can add your book or books in the future. First up from American Mythology Productions, Al Capone Vampire, number one with two cover <laughs> variants. Huh. That's a combination I never thought I'd hear. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, now we know how uh, uh, the... Uh, no need for a Tommy gun. <laughs> no. Nope. Yeah, that's, that, that's just, the most interesting variation I've heard ever since Weird Al opened Al Capone's glove box. Okay. Victor <laughs> Crawley's Hatchet Halloween Tales 5, number one, with four cover variants. Archie Comics Publications has Fear of the Funhouse presents Toy Box of Terror, number one, with two cover variants. 
Binge Books has Barbara Macabre's Morbid Museum, number one. Boom Studios has Berserker Pen and Ink, number one, with three cover variants. Comics Experience Publishing has Gargoyles by Moonlight, number one, one shot with three cover variants. And Opus and Ashes, number one, one shot with two cover variants. Dark Horse Comics has Cyberpunk 2077XOXO, number one, with four cover variants. Headless Horseman Halloween Annual, number one, with three cover variants. DC Comics has Jay Garrick The Flash, number one of six, with four cover variants. Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong, number one of six, with a wallet-busting eight cover variants. That is a very busy comic book right there. You know what? They've they've so overpowered Superman right at this point. I mean, well, he kind of they, they, he goes through that. Ba- basically, they overpower him, depower him, overpower him, depower him. It's been going like that since he's been created. Just overpower because, Kong and with the well, because with in the Silver Age he was able to shoot little clones of himself out of his hand. I mean, it's insane. <laughs> yep. Okay. Well. It is time for that heartbreak. When we get back, it is the top of the hour break. So currently, uh, there's an accident on U.S. Highway 50, and uh, so avoid that if possible. And also, that's all it's going to tell me. All right, so with that being said, it is top of the hour break. When we get back, it is big interview time, as we will have Christopher Inlow and Nancy Ann Ritter on the line with us. So don't go anywhere. More Pop Culture Boom Radio Show coming up now. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom radio show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. The only ones a seemingly harmless weekend getaway turns into a chaotic nightmare. As this group proves that when you've got friends, who needs enemies? That is the official synopsis for the upcoming horror dark comedy film, The Only Ones. And we are talking live via phone with two of the stars of The Only Ones, the star of Scream, A Night of the Undead, and The Only Ones as writer, Nancy Ann Ritter, and the star of Ithaca, Voorhees, Supernatural Assassins, and The Only Ones, playing Nancy Ann Ritter's husband, James. Please welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom radio show, Christopher Inlow. And how are you two doing this evening? You guys there? Okay. (laughs) I was trying to be polite. (laughs) We weren't talking on top of each other. Ah, okay, gotcha. Well, uh, first off, uh, Christopher. I'm doing fine. How is everybody out there? How is everybody in the radio world? How is everybody listening in? Um, I'm sure they're fine if they could answer, but uh, you're tying up the phone line, so they won't be able to call in. I'll see if they respond on Facebook. Uh, But I wanted to say uh, happy belated birthday, sir. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I keep forgetting that that it was my birthday the other day. More importantly, (laughs) it was Edgar Allan Poe's death day. Oh, Oh, okay. Hmm. I don't generally celebrate somebody's death, so um, that's good to know. It was an interesting story because it was under really weird circumstances. I'm sorry, what? Oh, I was just saying, more, Christopher, more importantly, it was your birthday. Yeah. Then we'll place Edgar Allan Poe secondary uh, <laughs> to your birthday. Well, everybody always wonders, like, like you know, you, you look up on your birthday to see what else has happened on your birthday. And Edgar Allan Poe dying on my birthday, that's pretty, I don't know, that's pretty cool. <laughs> well, that yeah, that is well, kind of uh, yeah, cool in a way, I guess. Most other people look up, you know, like other celebrity birthdays, like uh, like like uh, Robert De Niro was born on my birthday, and 
Lois Lane's birthday is on my birthday. I've never looked up anybody else's I, death day. I, I'm with him on that because my brother was born on Elvis's death day. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. So, uh, Elvis, is like, Elvis is, I think, my fifth cousin. Oh, nice. <laughs> wow, that's impressive. So, guys, uh, you both are in the upcoming film, The Only Ones. Uh, was this your guys' first time working together? Yes. <laughs> all of a sudden christopher's gone quiet <laughs> um all right oh, do i hope we didn't lose him i'm still here no I'm oh, okay here. <laughs> still, i just wanted to be a gentleman and give my wife the opportunity to speak <laughs> so how was that how was it how was it working on the only ones i mean i'm looking forward to seeing this i know you guys have been uh um promoting it i we did watch the teaser trailer and i did mm-hmm. see you guys both in the trailer which was kind of interesting uh Christopher, that you were holding a knife and right. uh, I love the, hand. the look on his face. I know <laughs> it wasn't quite psychotic, <laughs> <laughs> and you had the voiceover in the trailer too, which is kind of cool. Yeah, no, I, I landed the uh, the voice spot in the in the trailer with the uh, with a monologue that I deliver in the film, and uh, if actually if you watch the trailer, I'm holding a knife at one point, I'm holding a gun at one point. And I'm beating somebody with my hands at one point. And you're so, stabbed in the chest at one point, too. But I didn't want to, you know, no spoiler if you watch the <laughs> teaser trailer. But that uh, that was kind of interesting, too. Um, so, Nancy, uh, I, Nancy Ann, i got a question for you. Yes. Uh, you have an yes. upcoming movie coming up, which is real. Uh, don't want to miss this. It is coming out on Friday, October 27th. The Woodman is coming out. Uh, congratulations. So you got two movies coming out in the near future. Um, Thank you. I've, I've got. Um, yeah, I've got The Woodman and then the only ones for everyone to know will come out. Well, it'll first show in Film Fest in at Film Fest in spring 2024. And then I have a third film called The Girl 2, like the number two. And it's got a, it's a great cast, like in The Only Ones and in The Woodmen. And it's got um, uh, Leonora Shelfo played the cheerleader with me in the bathroom scene in Scream. We're playing uh, nurses in a mental institution. And uh, in, all, in The Girl 2 and in The Only Ones, I play a big part. And... So filmmakers are enjoying putting the Scream bathroom girls in their move in their movies, <laughs> uh, not to play the bathroom girl part, but um, just the chemistry between the two of you when you were on screen, though, in Scream. Mm-hmm. Say, say again. Just be, uh, but they're putting you guys together because of your guys' chemistry together on on film and uh, yes, in the movie and Scream. I th- Yes, and I think it's a fun thing. Like they like to be able to say in the promos that they've got the Scream. The two bathroom girls from Scream in their film, and and the chemistry and all of that, and then in The Woodman we play lovers, and the they're already going to do a sequel to The Woodman, and they uh, are bringing the two lovers back, so the two of us back, and she is kind of um, spoiler alert. I guess you lived through that movie, right? Are y'all lovers in bathroom? <laughs> so me, I have to be. Um, I have to, as Jimmy said, not to use profanity. So I won't. But so she's so mean in that movie. It screams that no way could I be girlfriends, uh, girlfriends with her. But um, 
but yeah, so it was really the Woodman was fun, and the Girl Two with her, and the Girl Two's got a great actor named Gigi Edgeley, who I've I've met doing. She does a lot of comic conventions, so I've met actually met her at the some of the conventions before we even knew we were in the Girl Two. And she was in a TV show called Farscape, uh, but she's in it. And then a former Playboy cover girl is uh, is the lead, and she plays the girl. Brown chicken, um, brown cow. <laughs> I know, I know. And then the only ones I'm so excited, because Christopher, as you all know, he and I got to play husband and wife, and he and I both live close to each other in Virginia, so it was really great because... Both Christopher and I love rehearsing, uh, and then so to to get to be able to rehearse in person together was a real luxury because you don't always get that if you live in different states. Uh, right. So it was a really gratifying experience. Oh, cool. To work Nancy, with Christopher. Nancy Ann was absolutely like incredible to work with, and and she's right. I, I don't know if if you follow me, I do a lot of rehearsing. I'm kind of like an obsessive person with my characters, and. Nancy Ann was as well. So it was really cool uh, to find out not only that she lived like 15 minutes away from me, but there was like no big arguments over, or not not that anybody really argues, but <laughs> no real big discussions on, uh, so are we going to rehearse or not? It was like, yeah, what are we going to rehearse? All right, let's do it. Bam, get together, do it. Bam, get together and do it. And then we got up there and, uh, you know, we rock and rolled on and we knew we're, we worked off of each other really, really well, and we both have very warped sense of humor. <laughs> nice. So, uh, yes, yes. It was a, a lot of fun. So does do you and, think... And it was nice... Uh, oh, I was just going to say, sorry, sorry, I totally cut you off. I was just oh, going to no. say it was really nice, since we're playing husband and wife, to really have that history and relationship formed way before getting on set. So it wasn't like when we get on set, we're saying, oh, hi, I'm Nancy Ann, and nice to meet you, that that, that, that richness of being married was already there. Right, the chemistry right, was already we're formed. We're married. Yeah. Y'all just don't know that. So, <laughs> so did you guys don't go hop down to Vegas or anything like that? Or? <laughs> no. We're not. Be live in y'all's show, right? Isn't that, that's where you're at? Uh, no, we're actually in uh, Carson City, Nevada. Oh, shoot. I'm sorry. Vegas. Nevada, I'm so glad you said shoot. <laughs> you gave me a mini heart attack there for a second. <laughs> um, but I was going to say, uh, um, Nancy kind of answered it, but I was going to ask you, Chris. Uh, so do you think that helped with the chemistry on set with Nancy Ann um, being able to rehearse actually in person before the movie actually started ro- film started rolling? I, I mean, I think it did. Uh, I mean, you can tell by watching the trailer that I have a very intense character. So it's nice to be able to know what level I can take it to without terrorizing the actress that I'm working with. <laughs> <laughs> well, and luckily he's not, not to give anything away in the only, well, yeah, I can't, can't really give anything away about, yeah. So Unless you say you're going to be in a sequel, that's right. it. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't want to divulge anything about our relationship in the movie, so I'll just be silent. On, oh, okay. On, in case I give any too too many details, but yeah. 
All right. Well, a uh, quick question. Um, I'm going to start with you, Nancy Ann. Um, so the experience with doing The Only Ones, I know this is a horror dark comedy. Um, is it? Can you? Is it more of a kind of a comedic vibe to it or more of a horror? Or do you feel there's a good balance between the two? Well, it's, uh, I think a good, a, good, a good balance. As far as my character with with Christopher, there was no comedic. There was no, it was pretty much very dramatic, uh, very, very much dramatic scenes with Christopher. So there was, I, there was no comedy for me to play uh, at all, <laughs> actually. But as far as the whole film is concerned, there's, and ask Christopher too, I want to make sure whether he agrees or not, but I think the the tone of it and and the other characters, there's a lot of fun interplay and comedic moments. Would, would you say so, Christopher, between the other characters? I think, I think everybody played it straight. I think, yes, I think yes. people are going to find a lot of humor when there's no slapstick in it. You know what I mean? Um, yes. There is just, it, there's just things that happen and there's the way that people deal with it. And, it, and it's a lot like real life where, um, you know, just something something happens that's very serious, and you just kind of, you're just kind of laughing at the situation, or or you handle it like really screwed up. So I think that uh, I think it's funny as hell, but it's very it's played very uh, very straight. So I mean, well, I, I didn't play it very straight. <laughs> as, as, my character's kind of just given away right there in the uh, in the trailer <laughs> to a point. To a point, there's. There's a lot of little twists that uh, that everybody will will see when they watch it. Uh, but Nancy Nancy Ann is like she is the calm to my insanity. Mm, interesting. Well, you do okay. need an eye, to, an eye to the storm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I, with the, everything that I, I'm hoping that because uh, all I've been able to see so far is the uh, teaser trailer. Right. So um, any idea when either uh, the next uh, trailer or when the movie itself would be released? Because it just says coming soon at the end of that teaser trailer. So I, I was just with Jordan Miller at uh, a haunted. I was signing. Uh, doing my girl in bathroom scream autograph <laughs> at a haunted attraction in Maryland this past weekend. And Jordan Miller, the writer director was appearing there as well with his, uh, uh, podcast called camp nightmare. And I, he'd given me a bunch of new postcards to pass out, uh, for the only ones at my conventions. And I asked him and he is, uh, planning on spring 2024 and he'll first release the film uh, into the film fest, all, you know, a bunch of different film festivals, and then it just rolls out from there. Well, so if you can plant a bug in his ear, uh, we do have coming up next year uh, in about September, August, September, is the Cordillera International Film Festival. And uh, that is, uh, it has been rated one of the top 25 film festivals in the world, or top 100 film festivals in the world. So, and plus it gives you an opportunity to come back up to Reno and I can interview you again. <laughs> yes, I would, lo- I would love that. It's, it's so funny, Jimmy. Reno seems like forever ago and that was just... Just in July. So, that was just in July and it's... <laughs> so I would love, yes, 
to get to see you again in person, so I'll definitely mention that to Jordan, and and uh, that that would be so fun to get to see each other in person again because that was my very first time in Reno, so I it, that was so fun. It was just so fast being the one day, the one day uh, convention, but it was a great time and and great to get to to talk with you there. Yeah, I thought you, I thought you were. I, I was surprised I made you laugh. <laughs> Well, and I feel like I'm 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 not old, but I'm having major senior moment because I can't even. Rem- I'm glad I made you laugh. I can't even remember what I said in our. Conference. Oh, you said something. You said something, and I and I went brown chicken, brown cow, and you started laughing and you high fived me. So. Okay. <laughs> did you say something dirty. Yes, I, yeah, I'm sure you. I'm pretty sure you did. Say, yeah, 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 I, yeah. I'm sure you got a non-FCC regulated joke. Yes. Yeah, I, I, we, yeah. For him I don't to respond think it's something with the, his brown right. chicken, brown cow. Yeah, it can go on YouTube. <laughs> Yeah, but I it can't that. go on air right here. <laughs> but um, so, uh, Christopher, uh, would you be able to join her as well if uh, if the if um, the only ones comes to the uh, Cordillera International Film Festival and join I, her up here? I, right I, now? I'm sure. I'm sure Nancy can Nancy Ann can back me on this. It really depends on the shooting schedule of what's going on. I have a lot of stuff on my plate. And uh, and I try to do conventions. I try to do whatever I can do to get out and meet people. But I'm always I'm always on a, a set somewhere and or gearing up to go on a set. So I would absolutely love to uh, to be out there with you guys and to hang out and and like really raise some hell. <laughs> well, it is Reno, so you're supposed to have a good place to have those film it's studios funny up you here. Ask <laughs> that Jimmy because a film I did years ago, an independent film called Charlie's Party, I think back in 2005, it got into the Cine Vegas Film Festival, which is a nice festival, but the filmmakers it was low budget and they were like, "We want you to come to the premiere." And I said, well, can can you fly me there? I mean, I was living in New York City, a work, working act, you know, working actor, not, you know, not with really a savings account, living basically, you know, paycheck to paycheck, paying my rent and bills, and they couldn't afford to fly, to fly me. So I was like, well, I'd love to be there, but I can't, you know, pay to fly myself to the film, to the Cinevegas one. So I hope... Uh, with Cordillera, with the film festivals, I would, I would definitely go to everyone, every single one. If the if the producers uh, of the only ones could fly me, well, fly me out there. Well, well, um, well, that's well, a tricky well, thing. With we'll yeah, plant, plant that seed in the in the producers. Ear or plant that little. Definitely. Well, hey, I got to take a hard break. Can you guys stick around for another segment? I can sure. stick around for as long as you want. All right, we'll be back with more with Nancy Ann Ritter and Christopher Enlow. We are discussing the only ones their upcoming movie uh, that'll be coming out in spring of 2024, and we'll be right back after this. And welcome back to the Pop Culture Boomer Radio Show. Uh, we are talking with Nancy Ann Ritter and Christopher Enlow. They are two of the stars of the upcoming horror comedy, The Only Ones. And they're the only ones who matter right now because we're talking to them. So, um, Nancy, I do got a quick question for you. Nancy Ann? 
Yes. Okay, there yes, you are. Um, you yes. just got done doing Distorted Dreams Haunt over the weekend. Uh, congratulations on that. And you are uh, have an upcoming slated. You are going to be at Atomic Monster Weekend in Mesa, Arizona, October 27th and the 29th. And then you got a kind of a clear schedule until you do the Cult Classic Convention in, I'm going to mispronounce this because it just in looks. In Bastrop. Texas, which Thank is you. Part of Austin. <laughs> Thank you so much, Nancy. You have no idea. <laughs> I never had heard of Bastrop until they hired me. I've got a, a few more. I've got before Atomic Monster Weekend, I've got New Jersey Horror Con and Film Festival October 20th to October 22nd that got added in. And then, yeah, Atomic Monster Weekend in Mesa, Arizona, October 27th to the 29th. And then I have Akron. Comic-Con in Ohio, November 4th and 5th, and I kind of, with Facebook and Instagram, I kind of try to promote it, like, as each one comes up, um, and then, and then, yeah, 2024, I'm getting that late up and going, so, so far, yeah, the first one in 2024 is the Cult Classic Convention, March 1st to the 3rd, and then, um, I've got some more, uh, after that in 2024 so it's been it's yeah it's been really fun i just started doing the conventions in 2022 so been very unexpected that they came along and and been very fun to get to do awesome and and, and we uh, actually i got to talk with you at the silver age comic-con up here in reno last year um uh, there was only their second year too so i was a, and it was a very fun conversation that we had yeah and uh, my daughter fell in love with her at the at the con, she hung out with them all day. Ah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> that's the best time. Yeah. Oh, the, the best time. That was that was really um, that was really special. Just uh, getting to spend time with your daughter was really really special. She she was the highlight of that day for sure. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. I'm sure she'll be very glad to hear that too. Yes, please, and please tell her I say hi. <laughs> I will do so. Uh, Christopher. Yes, sir. Hi. Uh, you have a big, big one coming up here in the near future. It's in pre-production right now, but the movie Laugh. Uh, will oh, be my coming. gosh. Yeah. <laughs> you almost forgot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, so, uh, are you, and I remember when you and oh, and by the way, I, I responded to you on Facebook. Um, a movie with good Russian accents was... Um, uh, Night, Night Watch. Shit. Night Watch. Mm-hmm. It was uh, it was actually a Russian horror movie that came out in two thousand and four. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, I'm <laughs> gonna I'm gonna take a look at that. Yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be doing a Russian accent for this particular film, but it's a different kind. Now I've done actually a Russian accent in uh, in a film before. I was in the the world's first three hundred and sixty degree full immersion virtual reality film. It was a uh, the first movie ever made that you watch with the Oculus Rift uh, glasses, oh, wow. and I had a supporting role in that. And uh, I was it was it was so top secret because they, I guess there were other companies, and everybody's like it's like the race to the moon. Mm-hmm. Everybody's trying to be the first ones to get it out there. So like I had no idea what I was walking into, and had I not known somebody involved in the production, then. I wouldn't have showed up at all. It was it was it seemed really sketchy to be like, <laughs> yeah, show up in Washington D.C. at this time. 
and we can't tell you what it's about, and we can't tell you what it is. And I, I get there, and I walk on the set, and I don't see any cameras. I don't see any anything. And it's like, all right, well, you're you're going to be playing the role of a Russian. I'm like, well, I'm not – I haven't prepared to do a, <laughs> a Russian accent at all. <laughs> and uh, there was a girl that spoke Russian on the set. And uh, so basically, if you were to see that, it, it, me doing Russian on that particular set is basically like my impersonation of this Russian girl that was that was there. That so you met five I, minutes earlier, huh? <laughs> right. Well, when but, I was reading for the role um, for Laugh, when I was doing the audition with that, it was like I was doing the same exact audition. Like, no, that's that's not the Russian accent we're looking for. And I'm right. like. Well, shoot. Well, oh, well, this movie will help you out then, because it, it was actually a, it's a Russian film, so it'll 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 help you out with that. Yeah, so uh, yeah. at least you weren't basing your your accent on Chekhov from Star Trek. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, it's a very cool role, and there's a lot of uh, a lot of really cool people that are, in, are involved. Steve uh, Steve Barton, who is the uh, executive producer of Terrifier Two, which is making a lot of noise. He is also the executive producer of of Laugh. And uh, oh. the whole thing is put together by Peter Anthony Productions. And if you haven't seen any of his stuff, like, he's a real big Friday the 13th fan. And uh, he started making all these, like, you know, all these fan films. And I was involved in, in a fan film many, you know, many moons ago. And uh, so that's how, how he and I had met each other. And I, didn't, I don't really mess around with the whole fan film thing, although I do love to watch them. But uh, he told me that he was working on a film that wasn't a fan film and that Terry Kaiser, who played Bernie in Weekend at Bernie's, right. <laughs> is also one of the stars. Okay, and aside from, from Weekend at Bernie's, he was also the doctor in Friday the 13th Part 7. Mm -hmm. so, huh. Yeah, so like, you, don't, you don't realize that, or at least I didn't realize that until probably a couple of years ago. I'm like... Hold on, they're the same guy, and it's not like they look any different. It's just so far, it's just so out of context. Side. Yeah, it's completely. But um, but yeah, no. So laugh is going to be is going to be a lot of fun, and uh, I start shooting that next week and or next week. I'm sorry, next month. And uh, no, we're we're ready to rock and roll on that. But there's another up. Uh, there's another one. Have y'all heard of the movie Six? That's we did up. now. <laughs> Like okay. the number six? Yep, yeah, the number six. This is an anthology that I'm involved in, and I'll be shooting that in L.A. and in uh, Oregon. And uh, I believe Kane Hodder is involved, and uh, Rihanna Nicole is a is one of the stars in it, if, if y'all know her. Bill Mosley, I believe, is involved. Um, Debbie Rashan is, is involved. So there's a lot of, uh, a lot of big like horror genre names involved in that as as well so there's definitely a lot of stuff that's uh that's going on and um but yeah i'm glad you brought laugh up so oh no problem we're excited uh, everybody's super excited about it the script is really fun i think it's going to uh i think it's going to knock the socks off some people so woo! <laughs> <laughs> so nancy ann i got a question for you yeah. Um, so uh, I think this was a golden missed opportunity, but I would I would really enjoy seeing this if 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 this is at all possible. Um, have you ever thought of doing a podcast or a YouTube channel? 
Well, so I, I, I just I uh, so I and I haven't started promoting it yet, uh, just because I'd been out of town. But uh, two really great guys, Jeremy Courtney and Kevin Crook, uh, spelled like Crook, C R O O K. Spells how it sounds. I met Jeremy, who goes by Jar Jar, a year ago at a at a couple conventions, and he thought it was hilarious. I do a lot of people's YouTube shows and, and podcasts, they, you know, bring me on for interviews and such. And they always ask me, oh, what's your favorite Wes Craven film other than Scream? And what are your favorite horror films? And at that point, I haven't seen very many because I was always too afraid. I hadn't seen Nightmare on Elm Street. I haven't. Now I have the first one, but I still haven't seen Friday the 13th. And so Jeremy Courtney thought that was hilarious because he had me on a couple of his panels at the at two of these conventions, and he asked me, "Would I want to do a show?" And he said, "We want to call it the Reeducation of Nancy Ann Ritter." <laughs> and so we just they just released the first two episodes, and they they have me watch a horror film. They assign it to me, <laughs> like maybe one per month. And so the first one was The Shining. So they have about four episodes in the bank, and so the. They have me watch the film, and then they bring me on their show, on the show. And Kevin Crook is is the 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 expert on each film, and so he starts off the show. And then Jeremy hasn't seen all of the films, or he's seen them, but it's been many years. And so we each, and then me, of course, I haven't seen the film, so we all three then uh, volley back and forth what our impression you know reactions are from me seeing it for the first time jeremy revisiting it and then kevin who's seen every horror film known to man several times and so the first one they had me watch was the shining so they just released that episode the second one i think they just released was oh gosh the one with Bruce Campbell, is Evil, Evil Dead 2, the second one. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that, that's basically a recap of the first one for the first half anyway, so you don't need to watch the first okay, one if yeah. you watch the second so they, one. They wanted me to watch the sequel first, and then the third one, uh, let's see, was Nightmare on Elm Street, and then my next assignment is to watch Hellraiser. Ooh. The first two episodes, and I keep every time I come on the show, and they, we shoot... They we they do the show for longer, and then Kevin edits edits it down to about a thirty minute episode. And uh, oh lord, I just blanked what I was going to say. But um, oh dear, it was something. Not that I want to say it was something good, but something I think of interest to you all, and I just blanked. But um, but yeah, they'll keep. They're, they're, oh, oh, whenever I come on the show, I say, what are you guys are just ripping my life apart with these films? <laughs> Especially The Shining. I was just like, what are you doing to me? Uh, well, keep that so ripping fun. my life apart uh, in mind when you watch Hellraiser, right? Yes. Oh, God. And I did, well, you know, I didn't know. I never knew. And, and then I'll, I'll totally be quiet. I didn't realize. So I started, I just started watching it in the night had to stop but so andrew robinson the lead guy i went to northwestern university it was a theater major and his daughter rachel robinson was a theater major and i had no idea that was her dad 
I knew he actually became a really wonderful theater director in L.A. and ran a great little theater company in L.A. when I was living there, but I didn't realize he was an actor as well. I knew he was a theater actor, but I had no idea he was a movie actor, and so I just, they look a lot alike, he and his daughter, and she's a wonderful actor, and I started acting again, but I, it just tickled me so that I was like, that's Rachel's dad, and he, uh, I've just seen the first couple scenes, but, um, but I'm glad you prepared me. So Hellraiser's going to scare the bejesus out of me. Uh, it's a, it's, it's different. Gory. It's it's yeah. more gory than uh, it definitely doesn't have jump scares like uh, mm-hmm. you know a lot of movies nowadays. It's like uh, all in it for the jump scare. Um, this okay. one is just a little bit more. Yeah, this one definitely gore. establishes the, uh, the the gore and atmosphere. Yeah, mm-hmm. very very quickly too. Okay. And very, it's the first one is very psychological, too. Oh, yeah. Um, well, the reason why I was bringing all this up, Nancy, because um, I know that um, Lenora was had the booth next to you at the Silver Age Comic Con, and it seems like you guys have a really good relationship together, and you've been in a couple of movies together. I just thought it'd be really cool or, and, and thought uh, if you guys had a podcast or a YouTube channel right. together, <laughs> you could call it, um, and I got it from, <laughs> no, Stall Talk with Nancy Stall Ann and, and Lenora. <laughs> Oh my that, God. that seems amazing. <laughs> that's an amazing that okay, that's hilarious. That's such an amazing title and I hadn't we yeah, we get a, I, we do have, we've you know been friends since 1996 when the film when Scream happened and no one said that to what? me about us doing our own uh our own little shows. So that would I love the the, the name Stall Talk and uh, <laughs> um, so that would be, that would be fun. Oh my gosh! And do it as like a reactionary. Oh, or anything it like a reactionary a, podcast yeah. as she's watching these horror movies. You for know, the, the first two of them, time. both of them have very, very, very extensive film careers, and so right? both of them just talking about the films that they were in. That would, I think, that'd be a good, a good, you know, inter- a content for yeah. either a podcast or for a YouTube channel yeah. show. Films they were in, films they've seen. Yeah, yeah. Like, do reaction videos stuff, together. Yeah. That would be hilarious. <laughs> well, that would. Well, thank you for for mentioning that. I'll have to talk to her. To her about that, and and, and don't worry, we'll wave uh, Jimmy's usual ten. Yeah, my usual ten percent fee. I'll wave at this time. Stall- oh no, you would get the whatever fee one gives <laughs> Jimmy. <laughs> I would, I would more than that. Would only be, I was immediately thinking that would be only the only the right thing to do, especially <laughs> a pound of coffee. <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, to, to be quite honest, yeah, a pound of coffee. I go through that <laughs> stuff like you wouldn't believe. That is the fifth food group to me. No, chocolate's the fifth food group. But uh, yeah, coffee is the nectar of the gods, trust me. Uh, that's that's how I view it. So, uh, but Would you do it with us? or how, or? You well, know what? I would I would love to come on. If you guys do do put together a podcast or, or a YouTube show, yes, I, I will definitely uh, I'll come on one episode and to say hi. And actually, if I you guys do put something together, I'd like to have you both of you on to talk mm-hmm. back on the show to talk about it. So that you can kind of help okay. help each other out. Okay. And yeah. Get exposure okay. for each other. Yeah. If that works for you. <laughs> and Christopher Enlow? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You have a, um, uh, if everybody wants to go and check them out, Nancy Ann Ritter is on the Facebook as well as Christopher Enlow. And you can join the Christopher Enlow Fan Club, which is a group on the Facebook as well. <laughs> 
Oh, I don't know what. It's a wonderful fan page. The idea behind that is just, it's so funny because I saw people putting, making fan clubs for themselves. And I always had this vision of, like, my face and a heart on a shirt surrounded by glitter. (laughs) (laughs) Tiger Beat Magazine. What? Exactly. Exactly. So so that's where, when I, it's a joke. The whole thing was a joke to me, and I just kind of kept, just let it go. And it's so funny to me whenever I even hear somebody mention the name, the Christopher Inlow Fan Club, because it's me that's running the whole thing, like, who runs their own fan club? You. <laughs> no, me. There's usually like the, the president. Was, but here's yeah. the problem. There's people in the fan club. That I, have, I couldn't do a why fan club. Why is that club. a problem? And there's no problem no. with that. That's why I'm saying that <laughs> no, I mean, he's complaining about I'm the one who runs it, but you've got fans in your, in your fan no, club. No, I mean, it's very cool that, that, I, that there's people that follow me on there. I, I have a very loyal fan base, very loving fan base. And um, if, if anybody joins it uh, that's listening to this, I, you know, I, when I go on sets, I get opportunities to do some pretty cool things and, and meet some cool people and stuff. So I've been able to get autographs and stuff and raffle them off, you know, not for money, but just, you know, say you're interested, you know, and all the names go into a, uh, you know, go into a bowl and, and, and names get drawn out. And, you know, so we've, I've been able to send out some really cool stuff from uh, various people that I've worked with in different projects and stuff that are, you know, celebrities, especially like, like Eduardo Sanchez, the director of the Blair Witch Project is really active in the area that I'm uh, in on top of like flying back and forth to LA, but he signed a bunch of stuff. So, well, hey, Christopher, um, I- I'm sorry, man, but I'm up against that hard break. Uh, Nancy Ann Ritter and Christopher Enlow, I do appreciate you both being on the show to talk about the oh, only yeah. ones. Uh, when we get closer to the release in the spring, I'd love to have you both back on the show again. Absolutely. That would be wonderful. All right. Thanks so much for having us. No problem. Thank you. You guys take care. Have a happy Halloween, and we'll talk again soon. Uh, again, you can go and find Nancy Ann Ritter on the Facebook, as well as Christopher Enlow on the Facebook, and we'll be back right after this. Don't go anywhere. Happy Halloween. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment so to, after watching the a teaser trailer for the only ones and uh having a conversation with nancy ann ritter and christopher Enlow, uh what do you think uh are you interested in uh checking this movie out oh yeah i am not well not only because the the, the movie does look like it could be a, a, a one heck of a ride but uh yeah like I said, my daughter fell in love with Nancy Ann Ritter when she was at uh, at the Silver State Comic Con. So, she, you know, I, I'll go and support anybody who you know who, who makes my daughter feel like you know she's number one in the world. Oh, okay, <laughs> um, Rob. Oh yeah, no, it actually looks like a good one. Um, I, I I appreciated the very end of the trailer there when they had that one girl tied up in the woods and you had the red eyes coming and it turned out <laughs> to be like I don't know porcupines or something. <laughs> porcupines. I don't know what exactly it was, but it was very it was comedic to me. It was like oh no, she's gonna get eaten by something, and it was like porcupines. 
<laughs> oh, yeah. I thought it was a raccoon. I, didn't a racco- know what I don't know was. what exactly yeah. it was. These red eyes were sitting <laughs> yeah. there in the darkness. <laughs> there was just well, some kind of room. There was like a bunch of them, you know? So it was like, oh, my gosh, what is that? You know? <laughs> it sounded like raccoons. or that noise that was going on back there. That was our worst raccoon impersonation ever. But or anyway. the best. I mean, one way or the other. <laughs> well, they're not clamoring on the window of the, of the uh, radio station here. So I'd say that was not a very good one. Or maybe it was. And that's why they're not clamoring to get in here. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, you just did the You're Arnold Schwarzenegger stupid. of uh, of squirrel impressions, of uh, raccoon so. impressions. All right, so uh, let me finish up with the comic books because there's a couple of funny ones in here. Um, so uh, we did left off with the uh, DC Comics with Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong, number one of six, with a wallet-busting eight-cover variants. Then you got Dead Sky Publishing with a splatter western one-shot, number one of four, Swallower of Shades. Swallower of Shades. That is the hmm. title. I don't know why it put after all of that, but well, yeah. Swallower of Shades, splatter I guess. Splatter Western? A yeah, splatter that, Western yeah. one shot. That sounds one. like a, a interesting genre. Yeah. Uh, Dynamite Entertainment as Gargoyles Halloween Special number one. Don't don't rack your brains. Uh, with only a wallet busting seven cover variants. <laughs> wow, that's very restrained of them. Was it like is it gargoyles based off of like the Disney gargoyles? You know, or? I didn't look quite okay. honestly. I just saw oh gargoyles. So probably since they do have that. Uh, they I know are that, I know they do a lot book. of IP, so that's why I wasn't sure. Yeah, so it could be the gargoyles. Uh, um, well, if it is, that that was a great show. Mm-hmm. I'll, so I I'll probably check it out. Halloween special. IDW Publishing has Beneath the Trees Where Nobody Sees, number one, uh, written by Dr. Seuss. I, I know. I was just going to say <laughs> the Lorax. Four cover yeah, variants. Beneath the Trees Where Nobody Sees But Everybody Pees. I mean, uh, okay, I didn't want to go there. But uh, uh, My Little Pony, Black, White, and Blue, number one, with four cover variants. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Best of Bebop and Rocksteady, number one. <laughs> I'm finally glad they get their own <laughs> <laughs> Image Comics has Hack Slash Back to School, number one of four, with four cover variants. Marvel Comics has Crypt of Shadows, number one, with three cover variants. Sensational She-Hawk, number one, with a bank-busting ten cover variants. Spine-tingling Spider-Man, number one, with a wallet-busting five cover variants. Oni Press has Man from Maybe, number one of three, with a Man wallet... From Man from Maybe, number one of three. Hmm. With a bank-busting 10 cover variants, Scout Comics has Beautiful Soldier, number one with two cover variants, Bite-Sized Tales of Terror, number one with two cover variants, Black Friday, number one, which was a Scout Legacy edition, Granite State Punk Breaking Edge, number one with two cover variants, and Grit, number one, which is also a Scout Legacy edition. Xenoscope Entertainment has Robin Hood Dark Shaman number one with four cover variants. Hmm. Yeah. Robin Hood Dark Shaman. Well, it's been a while since I've heard about any kind of a Robin Hood thing. Yeah. Especially which, in comics. Well, they've had that <laughs> their Robin Hood character going, but it's a female. So. Ah, okay. Yeah. That's so all, all the Xenoscope, all the Xeno, Xenoscope's uh, characters are, all their leads are female. Oh, yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Because so. Belle from Beauty and the Beast and uh, the Van Helsing. Yeah. Okay. So, I'm uh, excited about the Hatchet Victor Crawley ones. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Big fan, huh? I lo- oh, they're the greatest. Okay. If you haven't seen, you, you have to see him. Like Hatchet I one, do. two, three. Yeah. Oh, well, he's, this is like his third or fourth comic book. 
So how do you have you? Seen no, I haven't before? seen. No, I haven't. Oh, seen, yeah. you gotta get it. I didn't know. I didn't realize until now. I'm like, oh my gosh, she has comics. That's great. I yeah, he it. does. <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta check them out. Uh, go stop yeah. by Dreamo Comics. What's, what's great about the movies is that there's always iconic horror, like B movie horror actors and actresses in each of the. Nice. nice. Yeah. So it's great. Another one you should check out. I've had him on the show too. Is Evan Press? Um, they do a lot. They did a. Um, a f- Whoa, what's that guy's name who did zombie? Who did zombie? Oh, the, the director. <laughs> Blasted. <laughs> Italian guy. Oh, um, Dario Ingente? No. The other guy, Fulci, not Fulci. Folk, Folk, whatever. I know who you're talking about. I know. Anyway, who, yeah. Uh, yeah they're killing me. <laughs> yeah, he did Maniac Cop, Maniac, I <laughs> guess. Yeah, he, they, they've uh, done a lot of comic book series off of horror Fulcini, franchises Fulcini, like yeah. Fulcini, yeah, that's mm-hmm. it. Uh, Okay, Soho Live, the Tahoe-based live music company, has partnered with Eric Baron, a.k.a. Concerned Ape, to reveal the Stardew Valley Festival of Seasons concert series. As you may have guessed from the name, this will be an intimate and immersive concert that will tour around and play iconic tunes from the farming video game. Fans will hear everything from the opening theme to music you you'll hear in certain areas and events all the way way to epic tunes that can only be this is like it was translated from google translate or something it's like reading weird uh that can only be experienced at certain moments transforming the sounds of the beloved game through a chamber orchestra the concert program will take fans on a musical journey through the four seasons of the valley it's unforgettable festivals and its beloved villagers Music that fans know and love from the game will be performed by a chamber orchestra featuring top local talent, promising an intimate performance that stays true to the relaxing vibes of the game. I'm so glad I've never heard of this game. Oh, <laughs> never I have heard of Stardew Valley. Yeah, I, I have friends no. who play it obsessively. Yeah. It's it's, it's really? just a nice it's little a retro sixteen bit game. It's it's reminiscent of Animal Crossing mixed, which with I've never played. A traditional like farming xp game which i've never played so uh, i've had to do farming and video games or what, what do they call it grinding but i've never <laughs> no 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 this is actual farming oh like, like you farm carrots and wow okay yeah. each it's, section of the... i've played it very briefly it was not for me like, <laughs> yeah yeah but, i can tell friend... just from the description it's not for me well yeah and i have friends who you know who play it but they, they mm-hmm. and they do farm but they actually like to go cave spelunking in it too so you can actually do other stuff mm-hmm. besides farming mm-hmm. in a farming game yes okay all right well anyway i hope the music's worth it because they're doing a whole concert know, it's series usually, on like, it pixelated on the game so that's well, yeah, like, yeah it's like 16-bit like, music with being yeah, done in full orchestra so I'm, it's gotta be interesting I'm, that's I'm, well each section of the show represents one of the four seasons with accompanying music from the game plus other memorable songs from the game's locations festivals and villagers carefully curated by Eric with arrangements by, led by, I'm not going to try and pronounce that one, uh, one of Thailand's leading young conductors. Fans can look forward to hearing many of the game's most popular songs, such as Stardew Valley Overture, Spring, The Valley Comes Alive, and Dance of the Moonlight Jellies. Plus, uh, <laughs> it sounds like a SpongeBob episode, but anyway. Plus, plenty of surprises and fan-favorite deep cuts. There's fan-favorite deep cuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, the limited uh, limited U.S. run starts in Los Angeles, California on February 17th and ends March 10th in St. Louis, Missouri, before heading to Canada for two dates. 
Okay. Wow, covering Canada and two dates. Canada, eh? Eh? No, they're just doing two shows in Canada. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why. Uh, for a number of reasons that there's many levels to that question. EA Sports recently revealed their plans for the next eSports season in NHL 24 as they have an entire world championship tournament ready to go next year. Yeah. Uh, working uh, with Battlefly, the company unveils its plan to kick off a series of events starting in January and proceeding for a few months as they gather European and North American teams for an eventual world final. The annual tournament showcases the best EA Sports NHL 24 players in the world and commences in January 2024 with registration opening in December of 2023. This season's Hashtag NHL24WC will comprise a number of new features, including six players total, four from North America and two from Europe, advancing to the world final event to compete in person for the elusive world championship title, championship belt, and grand prize. Hmm. For NHL? For NHL 24. Nice. Game. Yeah. yeah. So, so basically, a, b- a bunch of armchair NHL e- players, e athlete, e athletes playing real athletes to win real money and stuff. I didn't get More that. More power to you. EA Sports. Uh, I didn't get that at all. I just uh, know that they're going to be doing some kind of worldwide esports event for it for yeah, NHL yeah, twenty four. Yeah, yeah, for NHL, you know, features the real, uh, you know, they play as the real athletes. So, oh, just, I thought you meant like play against. No, that's why I was like, what? I don't remember. No, they're that. playing as the they're playing as e athletes playing as real athletes to win probably as much money, if not more so, than a lot of them actual athletes actually make. Okay. Uh, Bandai Namco revealed a brand new Pac-Man title, Uh as players soon will be able to play Pac-Man Mega Tunnel Battle Chomp Champs. That's a mouthful. Yes. No pun intended. I don't like it. This is basically what would happen if you take the characters and settings from the franchise and draw them into Battle Royal scenario. (laughs) If you attended the New York Comic Con this past weekend at the Javits Center... You were one of the lucky that were the first to play it. Hmm. Uh, the, for the rest of us, Pac-Man Mega Tunnel Battle Chomp Champs brings a lot of variety and features that make playing it unique. It's uniquely Pac-Man take on Battle Royal, even more fun. And the game players must eat their way through multiple interconnected mazes to become the Chomp Champ, a.k.a. the last pack standing at the end of each match. Hmm. Gain the upper hand on other players or turn the tables against ghosts by utilizing a variety of power items, which give Pac-Man shields, enhanced speed, and more. Players can also sabotage their competition by using power items that help the ghosts. Not only will they be able to chomp through Pac-Man's regular diet of dots and the occasional fruit, but they can also chomp through other player-controlled Pac-Man characters. Players can also assert their own unique style of by personalizing their pack with a fun variety of body, head, and face cosmetics. <laughs> okay. Body and head are kind of the same thing with a Pac-Man, aren't yeah, they? I think so, yeah. <laughs> and face. It's all one thing right there, buddy. Well, anyway. Probably facial expressions or, you know. Yeah. Well, I know Pac-Man was fun to play in Smash Brothers, but this sounds like a well above that detail level. For those who enjoy healthy competition, Pac-Man Mega Tunnel Battle Chomp Champs. <laughs> Let's players compete in ranked or elimination modes or spectate 
matches regionally or from the global leaderboard. The 64-player Battle Royale game is further enhanced with cross-platform play and skill-based matchmaking, match, matchmaking, broadening the field for competition while also letting players choose who they want to compete against. No word on when it will be available, but I guarantee you they're going to have an eSport for it at some point. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Yeah. That just seems like a lot of complicated Pac-Man. It way overly complicating Pac-Man. Yeah. The first video game star ever. <laughs> he really was. Oh, yeah, here in the U.S., absolutely. I mean, I like They even world. made a song about him. I like the Pac-Man mm-hmm. world. That was, like, cool, but, like, this is too much. Way too much for you? Oh, yeah. Like I said, he was featured in Smash Brothers because of, you know, the, for Smash Brothers Ultimate, they did a lot of homages to video game history. So, you know, they had to come, I kind of had to have him in there. Well, yeah, you can't leave him out. Yeah, and he was fun to play, but this sounds like way beyond that. <laughs> Creator Thomas Van Buren and VR publisher Creature, run by industry veteran Doug North Cook, revealed their next game, Laser Dance. Laser Dance. I'm not making this stuff up. Announced at MetaConnect. MetaConnect. This mixed reality game turns your living room into a laser obstacle course. Oh, <laughs> oh I see this going bad in so many different ways. Which you'll I have like it. which you'll have to navigate through through without touching any of the beams. Now they should really up that game and make them real lasers that cut off limbs. But anyway, See, I digress. that's great because we actually were thinking of that. Like when, um, do you guys remember um, the Sean Connery movie with Catherine Zeta Jones? Entrapment. Entrapment. And they spent like that whole time like learning like, you know, how all the gymnastic moves to get through all the lasers and yeah. stuff. We're like, that'd be so cool to have like that in our house. Like, well, now we now can. you will. <laughs> yeah. And now you're too old to actually be able to right. move. <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe spend, spend a day limbering up. <laughs> maybe I'll have different difficulty levels. You know, you know, you'll have hard difficulty, medium difficulty, easy difficulty, and old difficulty. Uh, yeah, that ain't gonna happen. Uh, the game will take take you on a challenging puzzle run as you'll have to navigate the beams in different challenges, ranging from simple obstacle courses to full on dance performances. All without touching the laser beams in the unique VR challenge. I would look like a lame. I would look like a lame okay, from now Seinfeld. I really want this. <laughs> I, I hope that I hope people definitely clear out their lamps and stuff from around the oh, basic yeah, area in the yeah. living room. Oh my god, I want this now. Uh, all without touching the laser beams in this unique VR challenge title. Turn any room in of your house into a laser obstacle course and laser dance. A game designed from the ground up for. Pass through AR on MetaQuest. A level in laser dance consists of a sequence of laser patterns, which are parametrically That's... generated to adapt to the room size and layout. Players move between two buttons on opposite end of the rooms with and with each button press go through the next laser pattern until they reach the end of the level. The core gameplay of laser dance can be understood in seconds making it the perfect accessible party game for newcomers to VR, AR. Laser Dance will arrive on the Meta Quest store sometime in 2024. Okay, I think that it's even better now that it's AR. Like, <laughs> <laughs> because watching AR happen, like people play HR, AR? is like great. Oh, I know. You know oh, now oh, to yeah. see them actually like dance against invisible laser beams. <laughs> yeah, that would that would be fun to watch. Uh, spoons not included. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Google it. 
anyway, with that music coming up, it means it is a top of the hour break. There's still an accident on U.S. Highway 50, but it is 60 degrees and clear in Carson City. Uh, when we get back, it'll be movie time with Mr. Tony Sanfilippo. So don't go anywhere. More Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show and plenty of time for your phone calls as well. So don't go anywhere. More Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show right after this. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom, our radio show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. Each week, the film powers that be release dozens of movies, some of which you will never hear about except yeah. Each week's upcoming releases are carefully picked over from Rotten Tomatoes, and up to five films are selected from genres that I would watch, and those genres are action, adventure, horror, science fiction, anime, or fantasy, and that is pretty much it. With that in mind, we sit through some of the most hideous trailers ever made, like this week, and we'll read you the synopsis of each film, then give you our not-so-humble opinion Bear in mind, we are not professional movie critics. We're just overly opinionated blowhards. But Mr. Tony Sanfilippo of Filippo's Horrible Reviews is, and you can catch all of Tony Sanfilippo's reviews of concerts, television shows, and movies at Filippo's Horrible Reviews. And how are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing good, buddy. It's good to be on tonight. Not stuck <laughs> at work, so that's a good thing. Always a good thing. And um, oh, sorry yeah, about absolutely. your Broncos. <laughs> oh, no, actually, at this point, just lose. Just lose. <laughs> Let's get the number one pick. Let's just go. Well, you got some you competition know there. Is they'll, they'll go after uh, Caleb Williams. That's, that's who they'll gun for. And then in typical Bronco fashion, that kid will say, nah, I make more than in college. I'm good. He'll turn us down. So, yeah, that, that's how that's going to go. So, uh, you know. Well, yeah. I keep saying it can't get any worse, but eh, yeah, they could. They, worse. they could be like the Carolina Panthers. Oh, I know. They're so bad. So bad. Uh, kudos to Jags won today. That's yeah, good. I know. I was happy about that. I turned on the TV. It was 14-3. to 3. I was like, all right. But they jumped out yeah. early. So they swept the Colts already. So that's a, one less problem with the AFC South going uh, forward. So now it's just the Texans are kind of up and down every week. So they were Yeah, you this. never know what you're going to get. They look good today. Yeah, which kind of bugs me because, you know, getting into it now, uh, Jaguars play the Saints on Thursday. And the Saints lost to the Texans, but are the Saints now going to bounce back against the Jaguars and the Jaguars are going to be back to the old same old, same old, or, you know, who knows? But You uh, never know. Well, it's like today, what, the Niners lost their first one against the Browns, and then you had the Eagles lose to the Jets. I know. So And, and currently the – Giants are beating the Bills in the fourth quarter. So really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. So you got a lot of weird stuff going on. Now, granted, it's not like a blowout in the Monday night or the Sunday night game. It's seven to nine with four minutes left. The Bills are driving, but right now, as I tell you this, the Giants are winning. So uh, they're going to blame injuries and jet lag, like they did last week with the Jaguars. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they actually blame jet lag. They actually blame jet lag. Yeah. yeah. People who've been doing this stuff for years. Not in, not in. Well, they were they played in England. Oh, so that, but yeah, it's still a cop out. But it is a cop out. Yeah, there's always something. Like as a Bronco fan, you can't blame you blame somebody new every week. Oh, it's it's the coach. Oh, it's Sean Payton. No, it's the defense. How about this? Oh, it's the front office. Yeah, the whole thing sucks. That's because Taylor Swift showed up at our stadium. Yeah, yeah. Taylor it. jinxed us, man. <laughs> so, yeah. 
Swifties. We got Swifties on Thursday. Well, at least you know, at least this year the Jaguars gave me a birthday present by winning instead of losing. So I'm I'm happy about that. Yeah, that was nice of them. That, yeah. that is that is very nice. That's yeah. a good one, Jimmy. <laughs> That's a nice way to look at it. All right, here That's on the nice Pop Culture thing. Boom Radio Show, we utilize a carefully crafted and patented movie rating system when talking about the movies, and it goes as follows: If it is worth seeing at a theater at full price, it is a good, not a great. That is to be determined by you if you choose to see it in the theater. If it is worth seeing in a theater as a matinee or in your town's cheap theater, it is a so-so. If it is worth seeing on a streaming service or as a rental or however you choose to watch the film while avoiding social interaction, it is a blah. And if it is deemed so awful, you should wait for it to be on public television. It is considered a touch brown because FCC regulations say we can't use profanity. So we got five movies uh, for you this week. And uh, I apologize in advance, guys, for these movies. (laughs) I don't make them. I just uh, pick them. Um, so I guess it's only half my fault. Um, I'm going to throw the dart at the proverbial dartboard here and might as well start with the what I consider the worst one of the bunch, Onyx the Fortuitous and the Talisman of Souls. <laughs> and here's the synopsis. <laughs> the story follows fledgling Satanist Marcus J. Trilberry a.k.a. Onyx, as he attends a once-in-a-lifetime ritual at his idol, Bortok the Great's Dark Mansion. Once there, Marcus meets a group of other worshippers as the group is led by Bortok and his assistant, Farah Fawcett, no, in a series of rituals <laughs> meant to better them, it becomes clear that their intentions are more nefarious. As his new friends are losing the battle to keep their souls, a question of great destiny looms over Onyx's head. Is he doomed to be a nobody, or is he the only one who can defeat Bortok and save his friends from damnation? I don't care. I really don't. Isn't it weird <laughs> when a Saturday Night Live skit gets the full movie treatment? Is it just me, or is this guy starring in this dumb horror comedy the same guy who was doing those YouTube videos where he was different witnesses to various crimes? You remember the one with the guy who was like a um, like a Shakespearean thespian? Uh, was re- it the ladies' man? Uh, no, he was recapping uh, no. the the incident at the uh, fast food restaurant, and he was using like <laughs> oh those- yes. Yeah. Oh, got you on that one. Okay. Yeah, okay. I, I think it's the same guy. I'm not willing to follow through and look into it if it is or not, but I think it's the same guy anyway. A weird twist on the Rags to Riches Cinderfella type movie, I guess, where the uh, unluck bug of Bugs Bunny type character seems to always stumble out of a situation. Normally, a little lightheartedness is fine, but this is kind of over the top, and all I can hear is Robert Downey Jr.'s character talking to Ben Stiller's character in Tropic Thunder. You know that what Forrest Gump uh, yes. reference scene I'm yes, talking never about? Go full, yes, yes. Uh, this one. So this one's a touch brown for me, Tony. What say you? Okay, this movie looks like if you took Kevin Smith and Jim Hansen's labyrinth uh, deformed characters, uh, sprinkle a little comedic comedic Evil Dead Necronomicon, you might have Marcus. Oops, sorry. He likes to be called Onyx, the Fortunate and the Talisman of Souls. The trailer just looks silly and campy, ridiculous, definitely not scary. It's what you would call a comedy horror movie. The acting looks awful, but if you're in the if you like the vein of a Jay and Silent Bob type horror movie, it might be up your alley. It doesn't take itself seriously, and but to me, it just looks absolutely stupid. 
It is a Fathom event, so you can see it in theaters. However, I'm not going to go to the theaters. <laughs> I'm not going to. And I'm not going to watch it at home either. So, Jimmy, I'm with you, buddy. Touch Brown. Okay, Spencer, what say you? Well, you know, uh, a couple of things went through my head in, in, in watching this, and the first one is that uh, Marcus Day, Marcus uh, slash Onyx in this movie. Uh, has anybody here seen the, the show The IT Crowd? No. Okay, well, I've heard of it, but I haven't yeah, seen it. The, the, the guy who plays the CEO of the company uh, in the in the later seasons, he is very dramatic, and <laughs> he always talks like this, and he's always up to something that's making makes William Shatner look restrained, and that's kind of what Marcus was reminding me of. And then, um, then they threw him into the plot. It looks like uh, of the tail end of uh, Cabin in the Woods, where you know you have everybody who's playing a certain role in in the tarot or anything for for a ritual. And well, I, I think Cabin in the Woods probably did it better, <laughs> but but um, this one I might give it a try at home if it pops up on a streaming service, uh, and I might play it for background. So I'll, I'll give it a blah. Wow, are you okay? <laughs> just want to make sure you're what? not running a fever. <laughs> okay, Rob, what say you? Yeah, thank you for making us watch this. <laughs> um, you're welcome. I, yeah, the, that guy's voice, like, seriously, was the most ingratiating, like, thing I've ever heard. <laughs> and I could not imagine an entire movie with that voice. Yeah. I seriously I've never walked out of a film, but if I was like forced to go see this, I would be like kicking and screaming my way out. But you almost walked out of a trailer and you were at your own house. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah. Touch brown all the way. Like how did this even get finances beyond me? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, no doubt, yeah. huh? Well. All right, Tony, what is next? Oh, well, you said that was the worst. I'm going to follow it up with another turd burglar. <laughs> the Cancerville Ghost. Oh, okay, the, 19th, yeah. the 19th gives away to the 20th century, and scientific invention brings forth new ways of traversing and seeing the world. A modern American family moves into their recently purchased country home, Canterville Chase, in England, only to find out it is haunted by a ghost. Sir Simon de Canterville has been haunting the grounds of Canterville Chase successfully for over 300 years, but he meets his match when he tries to scare the new arrivals. Like, Scoob, like the Canterville ghost is totally real. Oh, God, it's animated and it's from Shout Kids. Yikes, here we go. These are the movies I need to start out as a voice actor so I could just get a job. You know, you got to start somewhere. You got to tell people you're doing this, but then. You probably ain't going to go too far, because obviously it's just a paycheck if you're lucky to get anything from it. Uh, it must be nice. The animation is, I guess, nice. It's a low budget, way below Disney quality, yeah, even kind of below DreamWorks CGI animation, but you got to give it credit for what they can do with CGI. Um, I currently muted the trailer as I'm typing this out, so I'm watching a redhead goes into a castle, she lives there, she becomes friends with this ghost. You know what? I'm not going to finish watching this trailer. It looks stupid. If you have kids, you might want to stream. Nah, scrap that. Don't let your kids even know about it. This movie looks terrible. 
I'm stopping the trailer right now, dropping the touch ground. Wow. God, that movie, it was terrible. Didn't even finish the trailer. All right. Well, you know, I, I just no. love that he, we can find, I just love it when we can find any excuse for him to do his shaggy impression. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, the material's there. It, it doesn't take much. Yeah, it, was not, it was a lot for that one, man. Uh, just to be clear, this ghost has chased away residents of this mansion for hundreds of years, though when the most recent property purchasers move in, he suddenly isn't a scary ghost, but a self-conscious whiny nincompoop. Just in the trailer alone, the movie steals concept ideas from Ghostbusters and Beetlejuice and mashes them, them together in loathsome computer animation that is groanfully and eye-rolling. Uh, October is the season for horror movies, not horrible movies. Touch Brown. <laughs> Rob, what say you? Uh, yes. Uh, Jodie Foster and Alyssa Milano, they've both appeared in The Canterville Ghost in previous I- iterations, and... Let's leave it with that. Um, this, I, I, I'm all for animated movies, but this one looked boring. Like, I seriously boring. And I, I'm with um, Tony as I didn't finish the trailer either. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. Mostly, <Yes. laughs> um, mostly because it's like um, I've seen this story and I've watched this already and I already know how it ends. And they didn't even make a twist. It's still the teenage girl befriending the ghost. At least make a twist. Sorry. So, Dutch Brown. Okay. <laughs> Spencer, you want to follow that one up? Well, uh, I didn't realize I'd be the forgiving one this week. Uh, I, 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 I did get the Beatles juice and the, uh, and the Ghostbusters vibes from it, which I actually kind of made me kind of like, like the ideas a little bit. And then, but then I also saw that, uh, Stephen Fry and Hugh Laurie were voices in it. And I love those two guys. Those are, those, they are funnier than heck. Uh, uh, they've been funnier than heck over the years and of various things. And so I, I, and uh, it's like basically, uh, basically they're befriending nearly headless Nick from Harry Potter. So, <laughs> so uh, I'm willing to give it a shot, but uh, definitely not in the theater. I would watch it like if it comes out on Netflix or something and just, you know, like for a silly Halloween party thing where you know, or beyond the, beyond the, to help entertain the kids. So I'd give it a blah. Wow. Okay. Well, I see a trend here uh, for all four of us. All right, Malibu Horror Story is the next one. Malibu Horror Story follows a team of amateur paranormal investigators as they delve into a 10-year-old unresolved case, the disappearance of four popular high school boys on graduation night while exploring a sacred cave in the hills of Malibu, California. I didn't know there was such a thing. The team encounters chilling paranormal occurrences. As they analyze footage from the missing teen's camera, they make a terrifying discovery involving an ancient curse which forces them to confront their own worst fears and unravel the sinister truth behind the boys vanishing. All right, turn down the lights and pull out your favorite adult beverage. We got ourselves a bona fide entry in the jump scare drinking game. The trailer plays out uh, in the uh, usual Unsolved Mysteries formula as amateur ghost hunters decide a cave is the best place to learn they aren't mentally, physically, or spiritually ready to handle what they find. Summon, I'm not quite sure. But it... Oddly enough, does look like it'd be a fun ride. I just fear it will, fear it will have a disappointing disappointing finale, and my fear of that alone is enough to keep me out of the theater for this one. I'm going to give it a blah. 
You know I'm not running a fever. Tony, <laughs> um, we got about 30 seconds to the break, so you want to just hold off until we get back? Yeah, I'll hold off till we get back from the break. Okay. Do you want to do uh, a quick recap? A uh, quick recap. All right, so a quick recap. <laughs> uh, I got... I'm the only one who's done it so far, but Malibu Horror Story, for me, gets a blah. And then uh, the Canterville Ghost, uh, Spencer gave it a blah. Tony, Rob, and I all gave it a touch browns. And the only other movie we've talked about thus far, which is Onyx the Fortuitous and the Talisman of Souls. Spencer also gave that one a blah. Tony, Rob, and I also gave that one a touch brown. And we'll be hearing what Tony thinks of Malibu Horror Story when we get back. So don't go anywhere. More Pop Culture Boom Radio Show right after this. And welcome back to the Pop Culture Boom Radio Show. We are going over the movies that will be coming out this coming week with Mr. Tony Sanfilippo of Filippo's Horrible Reviews. And so far we've covered two movies. Onyx, The Fortuitous, and the whatever the movie so bad is. The Canterville Ghost. <laughs> Onyx, The Fortuitous, and The Canterville Ghost? Yeah, those are the two movies we've done so far. I thought it was the uh, something, an amulet or something of souls or oh, something. Oh, no, uh, Onyx, it, The Fortuitous, and The Talisman of Souls. There we go. Right. That was and the then The Canterville time. Ghost is the, uh, well, the two movies we've yes, done so far. Yeah. 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 Uh, but going back to An- Onyx, uh, The Fortuitous, and The uh, Talisman of Souls, uh, Spencer gave it a blah. Tony, Rob, and I gave it touch browns. The Canterville Ghost. Uh, Spencer gave it a blah. Rob, Tony, and I gave it a touch brown. And Malibu Horror Story. And to recap all that, uh, Malibu Horror Story follows a team of amateur paranormal investigators as they delve into the 10 year old unresolved case. Why did it put unresolved? Why didn't it put unsolved? Uh, the disappearance of four popular high school boys on graduation night while exploring a sacred cave in the hills of Malibu, California. The team encounters chilling paranormal occurrences as they analyze footage from the missing teen's camera. They make a terrifying discovery involving an ancient curse which forces them to confront their own worst fears and unravel the sinister truth behind the boys' disappearance. Or vanishing, I should say. I gave it a blah. Tony, what say you? Welcome to Malibu, bro. High, high school, four high school boys go missing, so a paranormal group goes to ask the spirits what happened to Benny and the Jets. There's predator vision, there's intense music, there's jump scares they take from Blair Witch, and they've done all the been there, done that. However, this is the Halloween season, and it might be worth a Paul Blart rule, which means I give it at least 20 minutes of a watch, so... I would do that from home. I'll give it a blah. Oh, okay. Spencer, what say you? Well, it just seems to me that this movie's a little too busy because it, when I first started watching, it's like, okay, so it's a found footage movie like Blair Witch. Okay, that, that's a, that's a simple enough concept to follow. And you go, and it's like the descent; they're going into a cave. Okay, I can follow this. Then all of a sudden, they introduce this uh, the supernatural uh, ghost hunter people. I'm like. Really? I mean, why? Why are you bringing this in? I mean, just you're just you know putting a little, making it too busy, and and then it was then it's in Malibu, which makes me think of Malibu's Most Wanted, and because this movie made me think of Malibu's Most Wanted, I'm automatically giving it a touch brown. Malibu's Most Wanted. Okay, <laughs> I love that movie. Touch brown. <laughs> okay, Rob, what say you? 
Um, yes, as the tagline in the trailer said, some cases should remain unsolved. Some movies should remain unwatched. <laughs> um, yes, Touch like Brown. this one, Touch Brown. <laughs> wow, I'm surprised right, well, from you. Yeah, yeah Rob, Rob, I am very surprised <laughs> we are the there same, is, same They tried to one. be camp, and they're not camp. Oh, like, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, okay, Tony, what is next? Kill her. That's what it's called. Killer, 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 her. Oh, Maddie and her three best friends, Edie, Jess, and Ray, head into the woods for a weekend to plan Maddie's upcoming wedding and bachelorette party. That's Edie, where all the Maddie's go. roommate, and oh, this is, they're all going to the mountains. <laughs> An unrelenting practical joker leads them to believe they will be setting up camp near Maddie's honky fiance. Jagger and his friends. Oh, God, this thing's going off a real quick. <laughs> realize the tent that they've snuggled up to next belongs to a mysterious recluse named Mr. Rogers. <laughs> okay, won't you be my neighbor? Rather than Jagger, and this definitely is his neighborhood. Oh, my God, really? They put that in there? <laughs> that a pun. They put that in there. Jeez Louise. Oh, he was a reception. And only a literal pot to piss in. Sorry, FCC. I, I'm just reading what it says. Their weekend camping trip in beginning to look like a bad idea for these unhappy campers. But it only gets worse when people start to die. And a terrible secret is revealed. All these girls wanted was a killer pre-bachelorette party. And that's exactly what they got. Uh, the, the synopsis really just tells you what it's all about. But here's we go. Smells like a pop, a potpourri of floral farts in a farmer's market. <laughs> well, that's what the old yep. Mr. Rogers says to start it off. Uh, well, from the beach to the mountains, ladies camping trip. I'm pretty sure one of the girlfriends in there is the psycho female, and I'm going to guess it's the redhead. She brings her friends camping. She wears a wannabe Bray Wyatt mask with yarn hair. Well, one of her friends are getting killed, and at times they tease like she's going to take off the mask. And then the old man they call Grandpa meets his untimely ending. This movie doesn't have any appeal to me. There was nothing that pulled me in, and that mask is about as lame as you could get. It looks like someone took a paper mache newspaper <laughs> with some hokey yarn, and that's the wig. And I'm telling you, it's the redhead girl in the trailer. Touch brown for me. Okay. <laughs> Wow, so it's, it's, it's always funny when we're both on the same wavelength with things sometimes. <laughs> I love it. What's goofier than the title of this movie? Because it is actually spelled K-I-L-L-H-E-R with no space in there. So kill her or kill her or whatever it is. Uh, what's goofier than the title of this movie? The movie itself. It doesn't take itself seriously, and nor do I. By the time it rolls around to be about a slasher, I've lost complete interest in paper mache killer doing murders in the woods. I'm just going to give it a straight up touch brown. Rob, what say you? Uh, yeah, Maddie does not have moves like Jagger. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, she made a very bad decision. I mean, who, in all reality, if, I, I'm sorry, but I don't know any bachelorette party that's going to go let's go camping in the woods to plan the wedding what <laughs> like seriously like i don't know like this premise is stupid yeah my wife loves camping um, and she still didn't didn't go, go and, and it's not and it's not like they went there. glamping they went camping you know like <laughs> yeah so yeah I, I don't know why they made this movie they want people to watch it they should have did better um touch brown okay all right which brings us to the 
40 ounce monkey um, in the room. I, I don't know. Oh, that's right. We're from, uh, sorry about that, Spencer. <laughs> yeah. This movie sorry. is just so bad, I just wanted to mind blank it as quickly yeah. as possible. Uh, okay, I, I, will be, yes, I will be quick. <laughs> and I am going to have to apologize. I am going to break the Touch Brown streak. Just because uh, this kind of fills that same niche that uh, that Friday the 13th fills for me. And it's been a while since I've seen a movie like that. So, um, again, I'm not going to seek it out in the movie theater. But I will see it. I, I will catch it on Netflix. And you should be so lucky. <laughs> and I don't know. I, I like the look of the guy, of the the slasher, but uh, yeah. But you're probably right. It is going to be. Uh, it is probably going to be the redhead. So I don't think there's going to be too much in the way of surprises on this. But if it has some interesting looking kills, like in the Friday the Thirteenth franchise, I could give it. I, I could give it. A, I'm going to give it a, at least a, a blah of a shot. Okay. Good luck with that one. All I'll, right. I'll, I'll let y'all know when, when Which brings us to the 40-ounce monkey. There is no 400-pound gorilla, la, la, as you've heard so far. And this brings us to the 40-ounce monkey this week, which is called Soulmates. And here's the synopsis. Two unsuspecting strangers, Jason and Allison, find themselves participants in a twisted new dating service led by the matchmaker. It forces the two singles inside a nightmarish maze designed to help them find their soulmates or die trying. So find your soulmate or meet your soul, whichever it is. Uh, somewhere, somehow, someone had the idea that if Saw was a dating app and thus this movie was made. Should it, I, should it have been made? In my opinion, absolutely not. But someone somewhere will like it. And I think, but for me, it's not for me at all. So I'm just going to give it a touch brown and leave it at that. Tony, what say you? What do you get when you get date night, the running man in Saw? Well, you get soulmate. <laughs> Couple wakes up in bed together, don't realize they are handcuffed, and now must survive a torturous game to survive from the crazy mastermind. Named Matchmaker. It's totally a ripoff of Saw, but and it looks like it has elements from the '80s movie Running Man, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, but the fun does not look there. It just looks like a, it's just like a cheap ripoff of Saw. So if you're into the torture type movies, it might be for you. However, for me, I don't like those types of flicks, so it's a touch brown for me. Okay, Spencer. All right, the movie has. Literally one saving grace for me that gives me a, a, the remotest interest in it, and that is Neil McDonough, the guy who plays ah, the that's matchmaker. That's his name. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I love He's this guy. He's the only one I recognize. I'm like, okay, I've seen him. Even yeah, in crap movies he's been in, like Walking Tall, he was the best part of that movie. He was he was in uh, Arrow, and he chew, uh, and he made such a fun villain. He chewed up so much scenery. Cardboard should have been shooting out his rear end. And so <laughs> I am so willing to go see this just to see Neil McDonald's parts. Okay, Brian. I'm going to give it a blah. Oh, but not, not that willing to go see it. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not willing to pay <laughs> pay full price for this one. Okay, but so I'm. I'm uh, or, but or I'm, even half price. <laughs> well, well, you want me to go so so? But no, I think blah well, is more than fair. I don't want you to do anything. Yeah. I want you to. Yeah. Yeah, I think Bla, I think Blah is more than fair in that uh, because I will I will uh, th again this will be like one of those things I put on in like a Halloween movie marathon, and if Neil McDonald does half the ch scenery chewing that he does in like all the other stuff I love him in, I will I will probably enjoy this. Okay, uh, Blah for you, Rob. What say you? Well, Damien Dark has transformed himself to the matchmaker. <laughs> um, those of you that Dang know the that matchmaker. <laughs> 
Ooh, we're gonna hook you up. <laughs> I, I think the best part of the trailer for me was when the guy says, "Oh, this is a video game, or this is a game." Like it's a game show, yeah. Okay, you didn't realize that at the beginning. Like I, that <clears throat> you're the audience member. Okay. Um, it does look campy. It has Damien Dark, so it's definitely a blah. Okay. Well, that was actually... Uh, actually, no. There's uh, one Malibu Horror Story was... Uh, the, they tied with the 40-ounce uh, <laughs> monkey as being the best-rated one this week. All right, Soulmates, uh, when it's all tallied up, Spencer and Rob gave it blahs. Tony and I gave it Touch Browns. Killer. Spencer gave it a blah. Uh, Rob, Tony and I gave it Touch Browns, which is weird because uh, Spencer liking the horror movies over Rob and I. But anyway. Yeah, that, yeah that, 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 this is a weird, bizarro world today. Malibu horror yeah, story. Uh, Tony and I gave it blahs. And Spencer and Rob gave it Touch Browns, which kind of surprised me with Rob giving that one a Touch Brown. The Canterville Ghost, I'm surprised that wasn't a big streak, but Spencer liked it enough to give it a blah. Everybody else gave it a Touch Brown. And Onyx to Fortuitous one or something or other was something, something, blah, blah. Probably Barkus, Jimmy. Jeez. Yeah, whatever. Uh, he, I'm the Fortuitous one. Spencer gave it a blah. Tony Rob and I gave it Touch Browns, and hopefully I never have to mention that movie again. Oh. Ever. <laughs> okay. The sad part is it's in my history. You like what? Onyx. <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> that was the funniest thing I've heard all night. All right. So what... With that being said, uh, next week we'll be taking a look at on from, from being released from October 23rd to October 29th, The Killer, Freelance Inspector Son, S-U-N, not S-O-N, Inspector Son, Suitable Flesh, which actually I've heard, been hearing a lot of buzz about in the horror um, stuff, and the 400-pound gorilla in the room will be Five Nights at Freddy's. Mm-hmm. So, those are the movies for, for next yeah, jump week. Jump Scare, the video game, which now is becoming Jump Scare. And you're going to be able to join us next week. Tony? Yep, I will be on the show. All right, we'll have an so in-studio guest as well. So, it'll be five of us. Woo-hoo. One, two, three, four, five. Yep, five, five of us like <laughs> doing the movies next week. So, all right, sir. Um, other than that, uh, let me see. We got a, like a t- about two minutes left. Um, were you able to catch up on any of those TV shows yet? I, I'm caught up on Loki, and I've, I'm four. What am I? Five episodes into Ahsoka, so mm. I've, I've moved along. I haven't finished it, but I did. I've stayed on top of Loki so far. Okay, what are you thinking of it so far? Uh, last episode was kind of. See, it's not as good as the first one. I loved the first one. We picked up right where last season went off, um, and I loved it went right into that. This one jumped right into the, hey, we're already in the future, so you're now you're doing all these time jumps. So. Yeah, weird um, time jumps, yeah, too. That's, that's the hard part. It was okay. Uh, I, I thought it was interesting, uh, you know, I got into a little bit of backstory with Loki. I mean, the last things he remembered, you know, throwing Tony Stark off of the off of Avengers Tower. You know, or Stark Tower, I guess, at that point in time. So that I I, I enjoyed a little bit. Um, Them getting into um, figuring out, I guess, now they know that, um, what is that, Doc or whatever her name is, is an older version of Sylvie. And she was trying to prevent the younger Sylvie from doing something or something like that. 
Um, oh yeah, which yeah. We, which we don't know exactly what it was yet. So, um, well, and then there's ties too. They think uh, was that that the McDonald kid is uh, Mobius. Really? <laughs> yeah, there's there's some ties. They think that's Mobius in the '80s. Obviously, whatever his name is in the show, Jack. Right? right yeah, and, yeah. Before he gets yeah. moved to the timeline. Mm. Yeah. Before he becomes part he of the. Uh, VT or mm-hmm. what is TVA. it? TVA. Oh boy, I got all dyslexic, didn't I? Got to love Sylvie at uh, McDonald's there. Yeah, <laughs> I feel McDonald's. sad. For yeah, her because like she actually looks like she's content and like until she sees Loki. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like it was like all right, yeah. she's like living her life and. Like, I go to break in five. Ugh, yeah, right. <laughs> great. Yeah, out there. You're messing with my break now too. Like you know, it was like that whole attitude. Like, but ugh. it wasn't a real '80s McDonald's because there weren't ashtrays on the tables. That's all I gotta oh, say. They did have the tile roofs though. <laughs> <laughs> I did, but so that you know that was like good because my wife's like, Dad, they they look like that. I go, Yep, they had those tile roofs <laughs> and they had those McDonald's ashtrays on the tables yep. too. You can't, but they didn't have those in this. So <sighs> anyway, <laughs> you can't have smoking. You can't. Good smoke point. Here. But you can show them. But anyway, all right, Tony, we gotta go. Uh, thank you, sir. Awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. Look forward to next week, and uh, I'll see you then. Well, I'll be over the phone then. Oh, yeah. True, <laughs> we'll talk true. to you then. All right. Talk to you later, right. sir. Have a great rest of your show. Right. See you guys. Hello. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. All right. Speaking of uh, 80s and a blast from the past, a new Guitar Hero game may be in the works as part of Microsoft and Activision's new partnership. Guitar Hero is one of the most iconic and revolutionary franchises in gaming. The first game in the series allowed players to pick up a, a replica of a guitar and not really and play along to a bunch of iconic rock songs the series continued to evolve and grow eventually becoming acquired and published by gaming giant activision it would later face stiff competition from Harmonix, the developer actually responsible for creating guitar hero due to various acquisitions Harmonix was broken away from guitar hero fran- from the guitar hero franchise and would instead make rock band which as the name may suggest, encompasses far more than just the guitars. Both franchises were juggernauts, but fell off the map for a number of years. Incidentally, both franchises staged comebacks in the mid-2010s, and things were ultimately overwhelming overwhelming on a commercial level, resulting in both of them sort of fading into the background yet again. However, as reported by Windows Central, Activision CEO Bob Kotick would held a town hall meeting with the company to speak about the future of the publisher as the Microsoft acquisition reportedly reportedly looms closer to closing. When speaking about what Activision looks Activision looks like under Microsoft, Kotick noted that that he's excited about their technology and extensive research development teams, which he claims will make the reemergence of Guitar Hero possible. Guitar Hero Live was the last game in the series and was fairly experimental as it allowed you to play live concerts with real-life footage that would dramatically respond to your performance. The music genre in gaming is fairly limited when it comes to evolving unless you do something extremely drastic and risky. 
but it's hard to justify when that when the cost of the game is usually upwards to $100 to accommodate the hardware that the game requires. Either way, it seems Guitar Hero could be getting resurrected under Microsoft in the coming years, which would make for a really exciting Xbox-exclusive game. Yes, it would, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I loved that game back in the day. We actually got a a replica of of, uh, George Harrison's uh, Gretsch guitar. I'm left-handed. I did not play it. You can, well, you can, I'm you can as well. play. Yeah. You can switch it to left-handed. Yeah, I know. Oh, okay. I'm like, I, I'm like, no, that, that's just an excuse for not playing. Okay, I was gonna say, I'm like, that's not an excuse. It doesn't look right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, fuck. When you when you said the '80s, I thought you were going in a completely. Well, yeah. Any, anybody direction. who can actually play a guitar or a bass, it's like it's like trying to play uh, Guitar Hero short circuit some. Yeah, uh, I guess. Well, yeah, you're because, playing because okay. you know it's you can't you can't move your fingers a, the way that you actually put them on. Guitar bass uses like, strings, and Guitar Hero yeah. uses buttons. So buttons. It's, obviously, it's not going to be the same. Yeah, it, it, was, it was true. I just could not get into it. I was like, eh, you little tiny. Now, if they had no some sort really? of technology that like made the strings, yeah, act that way, that would be true Guitar Hero. Yeah, uh, th- yeah, it would, and it would be worth playing. And plus, you have to actually use a fretboard, like you're mm-hmm. supposed to use a fretboard, instead of just pressing four buttons and sequ- and weird sequences. So, Star Trek: Prodigy season two has found a new streaming home yep. on Netflix. The Star Trek animated series has been searching for a new place. <laughs> I was going to make a you know joke about the whole yeah. Star Trek mission to yeah, explore yeah. strange new worlds mm-hmm. anyway. to seek out new life and new channels channelization i guess so uh truck animated series has been searching for a new place to stream ever since paramount plus canceled the series and removed the first season from its library production continued on this second season in the hopes of finding star trek prodigy and new means of reaching fans and it seems those hopes have come to fruition with netflix who previously carried Paramount Plus's Star Trek series in international markets before Paramount Plus began its global rollout. Star oh. Trek Prodigy will become the first new Star Trek show to stream anywhere other than Paramount Plus or CBS All Access, its previous branding, in a market where Paramount Plus had been ava- has been available since the long-running sci-fi franchise entered the streaming era with Star Trek Discovery in 2017. Star Trek Prodigy Season 1 will move to Netflix later this year. Star Trek Prodigy Season 2 will debut on Netflix in 2024. I'm actually looking forward to that because I enjoyed the first season of uh, Prodigy. Okay, not me. I haven't watched it. I just, I don't know. Well, it's geared geared towards the younger, it's geared towards the seven and younger. Yeah, 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 definitely definitely does skew younger. But I I do like that they actually have... uh, Kate Mulgrew yeah. in it. That's the that yeah. That's the only adult saving plus to it. Yeah, because I don't know. I like. I didn't find it that <coughs> great. Like, I like Star Trek shows. And well, I, I guess I, I shouldn't say the first season. I, I watched. But, I watched the free preview that you could watch up to where. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I, I watched. That. I watched it because I like Star Trek, but it wasn't. I don't know. I could see like why Paramount was like, "Eh, we're done." You know. uh, okay. Well, yeah, but you know, it's tough to find uh, kid stuff that doesn't lean too kiddie that uh, that gr- grown ups can enjoy as well. It's 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 hard to find that which little. Which is why I don't look for, yeah. for kid stuff. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't well, have to. Well, well, it's like with uh, Avatar: but, The Last Airbender. I, I you know that that is, it's a kids show, but it skews enough that 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 adults can enjoy it as well. Yeah, and that's that's a hard right. balance to find. Well, 
Okay. Disney Plus is The Princess and the Frog <laughs> spinoff series. Tiana oh. officially has a writer. According to Variety, Joyce Sherry has signed on as the animated series lead writer and director. Sherry, oh, well, I guess she has to be the director, too, then. I'm surprised it took this long for him to make a spinoff thing, because they have spinoffs of everything else. Mm, yeah. It'll be canceled before the first episode comes out. Sherry most recently worked as a writer on Mark, Mike, Micah Flanagan's Netflix series Midnight Mass. Actually, that was actually a weird and decent uh, uh, take on vampires. Tiana was initially announced during Disney's Investor Day in 2020 and had been expected to debut this year, but is now looking at 2024 launch instead. In addition to her work on Midnight Mass, Sherry has written and directed several short films, including Beauty, Forever, Down, Down, Baby. Is that all one title? <laughs> no, there's like commas after every single word. So I'm like, and The Family Stone, and won the 2020 Slam Dance Screenplay Competition for her future Sweet 16. As for Tayana, te, te, the series will see Annika no, Noni Rose reprise her role as the voice of Tiana. The series is, I've never seen that. Who is this character? Uh, she, she's the Disney princess of, okay. of, of Princess and the Frog. That ex- mm-hmm. explain no more. Um, I need to bring back Tiny Toon Animaniacs. They did. Oh, the original. oh yeah, the, they did bring back Animaniacs with the original cast. They did, and Tiny Toons. And, uh, but the gummy bears? I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> the series is described as following Tayana as she sets off for a grand new adventure as the newly crowned Princess of Moldonia. But a calling to her New Orleans past isn't far behind. The series is set to be produced by Walt Disney Animation Studios, which also made The Princess and the Frog. Nathan Curtis is set to produce with Jennifer, Jennifer Lee and Stella Maggie as executive producers. Maggie has previously been set to write and direct a series. Tiana is just the latest Disney Plus series follow-up to beloved Disney animated films, Zootopia, Big Hero 6, and Cars. All have gotten follow-ups. As Moana, uh, oh, a Moana Disney Plus series is also in the works and is eyeing a 2824 release. Yeah, uh, the, the the real standout thing about The Princess and the Frog to me was that uh, Keith David was the voice of the bad guy in that, the Shadow Man. And oh. I love his voice. He is he does great work as a voice actor. Uh, see, I've never watched it at all. Oh, it's great. Uh, I love Princess and the Frog. Yeah. So my kids. Yeah, my daughter I dressed was, up as Tiana for, for Halloween. I, I was one of those people that was excited that they were actually changing Splash Mountain to Tiana's Bayou Adventure. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Bayou Adventure. Yeah. Uh, I, I enjoyed the show, and I'm like, I, I don't know. And uh, you can rest easy now, Spencer, because development on Max's Garbage Pail Kids series is still underway. Oh, joy. <laughs> With Halloween helmet David Gordon Green recently confirming he and frequent collaborator Danny McBridge will still... McBride. Yes. <laughs> no, it's McBridge. No, it's McBride. Trust me. Okay, I'll trust you. <laughs> well, it's probably just a typo. That, that, yeah, I won't, a, that's, um, his, that's his longtime collaborator is Danny McBride. Okay. Are still working on the series. Outside of the fact it's still in development, Green didn't reveal anything else about the show. Based on the popular 1990s Topps collectible cards featuring grotesque characters, a Garbage Pail Kids series was first announced for HBO Max in 2021 as an animated show. Nothing else had has been unveiled other than Green and Mc... Oh, yeah, now it changes it to McBride. There you go, McBride's involvement. Solar Opposites producer Josh... 
Basel is also expected to be involved in the series. It's the second time the property has been adapted to screen, with a 1987 film often finding itself as one of the worst-reviewed movies ever released. Yep. Though not as popular as it once was, the Garbage Pail Kids line continues to live on with annual releases. Earlier this year, Kevin Smith unveiled a partnership for a line of Garbage Pail Kids X-View Askew crossover cards. Hmm. Okay. It's also the latest IP Green has gotten his hands on with the director with the director helming reboots of both the Halloween and the Exorcist franchises. And but in fact, the Exorcist believer may lead the director to even more films set in the Possession franchise. Woo! Yeah, the Deceiver is the second one coming out. Woo! Believer, <laughs> Deceiver. Do we know what the third one's called? Yet? No, not yet. Okay. The Deceiver is supposed to be 2025. Okay. Uh, wow. But uh, no, him, uh, <coughs> Gordon Green and McBride are like, they collaborate on pretty much everything starting, yeah. with, I want to say, with starting with the Halloween movie. Hmm. Okay. If you grew up with Digimon in the late 1900s and early 2000s, you already know that Digimon fans stay winning. I don't know what that means. Because after kickstarting the franchise with some prime anime content, we eventually received the rare opportunity to revisit the first generation of Digi-Destined through Digimon Adventure Try, where these characters were actually maturing shortly after that. The film Digimon Adventure Last Evolution Kazana followed the fan-favorite characters with the intention of concluding their story. I'm sorry, I thought I heard music. Uh, And... But with Digimon, there are always opportunities for expansion. Now the next big cinematic Digimon event is allowing fans to witness the equally popular second generation in their first quest as adult Digidestined. And fortunately, U.S. attended audiences will be given the chance to see the upcoming film in theaters this November. The theatrical release was first confirmed in in a new press release from Toy Animation and Phantom Events, explaining Toy Animation and Phantom Events, revealed details for the U.S. theatrical release of Digimon Adventure Zero to the beginning as a two-day event on November 8th and 9th. It is is the present day, and the chosen children from Digimon Adventure 2 have returned with all new adventures. And with that music coming up a little bit... Thank you all for tuning in tonight. As soon as I get down to where it is, no matter where you are listening, we genuinely appreciate you being here with us. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. A big thank you to our guest, Nancy Ann Ritter and Christopher Enlow. They are both going to be starring in the upcoming film, The Only Ones, due out in the spring of 2024. You can find both of them on Facebook if you'd like to follow their careers. Also, check out for when Nancy Ann Ritter will be at some cons or events near you. Next week, Sunday, October 22nd, we will have two special guests with two big upcoming events. We'll be talking with the co-founder and executive director of the Cordillera International Film Festival, Emily Scala-Golden, about the upcoming Cordillera International Film Festival event, Fright Night, taking place at the Locomotion Plaza on Thursday, October 26th. Get all the details regarding the Cordillera International Film Festival event, Fright Night, from the best source possible, the Cordillera International Film Festival co-founder and president, Emily Skyler Golden. We'll also be talking with award-winning author M.C. Hunton about who will be in our studio with us the entire show. Yay! Yay! Studio guests. 
MC Hunting will be talking with us not only about her previous award-winning novels, but also the release of book three of her Martyr series titled Devotion and about how the, about the huge book launch for Devotion at Coffee and Comics in Sparks, Nevada on Sunday, October 29th. Why'd you pick a Sunday? Anyway, thank you all for your support and please continue supporting Pop Culture Kaboom by listening to the Pop Culture Kaboom radio show. And if you missed any part of the live show, the Pop Culture Kaboom podcast is just for you. Produced by 97 and Now Productions, and not only will you get this episode, but also previous episodes on your time schedule. And very soon there will be some bonus material in the way of interviews. Subscribe to the Pop Culture Kaboom podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Also give a like and a follow to the Pop Culture Kaboom on Facebook for everything you want, everything you need from Pop Culture Entertainment Daily. And subscribe to the Pop Culture Kaboom YouTube channel for video interviews from events we have and will be attending in the near future. On behalf of our guests, Nancy Ann Ritter and Christopher Enlow, Tony Sanfilippo, Filippo's Horrible Reviews, KNBC, Spencer, Rob, and I, thank you for your support. Have a great weekend. We will talk with you right here live next Sunday, 6 to 9, anytime during the week on Facebook and via email. And stay tuned for the next exciting episode of Murphy's Inc. And until next Sunday, be safe, stay healthy, and peace out, Wabbits. <laughs>